Greetings from the Seventh Circle. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the next episode of Seventh Circle of Film. I'm your host, Kieran, and joining me today is my co-host, the co-host uniformly defeated, containing hauntingly undue depression, consuming hellish, unarguable droll. Steph, how you doing? Wow. The f- I'm going to pretend that took me like 30 seconds to write up and not 30 minutes because... It sounds a lot more impressive if I was just writing... I'm actually it. impressed that you wrote up these introductions for me. I was going to say co-host with the most, but... <laughs> Everyone does that. Obviously, I was going off like the chud. Uh, oh, yeah, you could just acro- say it was... Acronym. You could just say I'd, I was the bud of chud. I'm not, I'm not going to acknowledge that. <laughs> until, I, until I legally have to. Yeah, that's fair. I can do one off the top of my head, bud of chud. Um, childish... Humorless, unamusing, disenchanting. There you go. There's the Bud of Chud acronym. <laughs> Spoiler alert yeah. for anyone that, who that, can't be fucked to get to Bud of Chud. That's our review of the second film, and that'll be a lot shorter than what we actually talk about it for. It's going to be an old school shouty, angry review that we haven't done in a while, actually. Uh, I might as well get it out of the way. I apologise to Cat People and Curse of the Cat People. They were fucking like they they went along like Curse of the Jedi, like Lord of the Rings, Fellowship to uh, Two Towers. They were tight in their uh, story. It moved on beat to beat. It was perfectly themed compared to fucking Chud and Bud of Chud, which have nothing to do with each other. Kind of making the show irrelevant, you know. The whole sequel idea, finding the gems in the rough. Yeah, fuck it. If film stars can't be fucked to create, you know, a moving narrative that connects beat to beat, why should we? I mean, what, are we the kind of people that look for diamonds in the rough, or are we just kind of people... Oh, no, we do. Like... We just have never found one. Oh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> 16 fucking pieces of media. Not one. Not once as a sequel. Except, no, actually, Dead Snow, to be fair. Dead Snow 2 was decent, and Wishmaster, as much as I fucking hated it, you seem to enjoy the fourth one. Yeah, that was fucking batshit insane. I loved, I loved that shit. To be fair, I, I enjoyed this one, but it was like a... So I enjoyed like the first 20 minutes. We'll get to it properly later, but... Um, yeah, I enjoyed the first 20 minutes. And then I wanted you to like ritualistically kill me during the middle part, and then the last maybe ten minutes, I was like, okay, I'm back on board. <laughs> I ritualistically, it'd take too fucking long, just grab my head and bash it against my fucking desk over and over again, let me bleed out my ears. It doesn't deserve some yeah. over-the-top, beautiful samurai-style seppuku. Oh, I, I don't think it does, but I just think because I had to torture myself and watch it, I think someone else would just torture me and kill me slowly anyway during it. I mean, that'll go for. Yeah. That that whole kind of um, take away pain in one area of your body, smack your foot if your hand's hurting to try to move your head around. Yeah. Just beat someone's head in with a hammer <laughs> to try to stop them thinking about blood. I don't even think that'd fucking work. Right, I'm going to jump in before I get too angry. Um, Chud, a film I really fucking love. And one of the ones I've been looking forward most to to do in this series, uh, cult classic, fair to say, got re-released on Blu-ray 2016. I do own it. 
and it is beautiful. Haven't seen the sequel until today, actually, when we're recording this. Yeah, so we we watched this maybe two hours ago, so maybe two hours before we started recording. Probably a bit longer than that, like three, four. Oh, right. And I, I re-watched it to take notes and shit. Yeah, he had to watch it again, and I said, fuck that, I'm going to go order pizza. Yeah. I think my notes just evolved after it. They usually do, but they did not usually thematically in just furious rage and misery. I mean, you're still here, so who's the loser in this equation? Yeah, I'm saying me. Well, actually, no, you're still watching Chud too, so... Yeah, but you had to watch it twice to get the notes, and I'm technically backtracking... Well, I'm piggybacking off your hard-earned work, and I'm just reading your notes. <laughs> I we were sharing misery. Jumping into the structure. Uh, so, Chud... Yeah. Depending on the definition you want to pick, either stands for cannibalistic humanoid underground dweller or contamination hazard urban disposal. I tend to forfeit to the first one because it sounds cooler, but the film's kind of ambiguous on that note. I think it's meant to be the second, but yeah. Casting crew. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think Chud is an acronym for the second one, the contamination hazard urban disposal, and then. When shit started going sideways, they were like, uh, uh, quick, there's, like, people eating people underground. Fuck it, we're gonna go with cannibalistic humanoid underground dweller. Very unimaginative people. Only had one acronym to work around and they had to jump on it. Yeah. I'd have just went, like, fucking cannibals. They should have put chuddies. Chuddies. That's too cute. That was a that was an old school kind of like uh wait no chuddies is isn't that like Indian for pussy or something? <laughs> I don't fucking know I'm not I'm not good I'm not Punjabi for pussy um I don't know I, I think it is I'm gonna Google it now fuck it we've already devolved sorry <laughs> but carry on you you. You do, you. you Get it for the trivia. Uh, directed by Douglas Cheek, who mostly an editor on some stuff. Uh, mostly documentary work, projects including Alien Autopsy, Fact or Fiction, Spoiler Alert, Fiction. Writers, you've got Parnell Hall, usually a mystery writer who's done a lot of book series. Uh, big one, apparently, or conjecture, uh, being Crossword Mysteries. It kind of makes a lot of sense. If you don't know, it's a non-screenwriter who's gone through all this because there's a lot of stuff in there that's it feels very booky not screenwritery not very visual occasionally and a lot of the big reveals i think would make a lot more sense in a book uh also and these are uncredited and i i don't know if they actually did 
put any work into it, so take with a grain of salt. But Christopher Curry, who also plays the police captain, and Daniel Stern, who plays AJ, uncredited. I've had a few sources that said they added something to it, but again, take it with a grain of salt. Don't usually put this in, but the score composer, Martin Cooper, who has done loads of artsy stuff that is way too important for two twats talking about Chud to critique. Look it up yourself. <laughs> He's a guy from Liverpool. And I only bring it up because the soundtrack to this film is pretty fucking great. It's just, yeah, I know Rolling Stone credits it as the 35th best horror soundtrack of all time, which, uh, given horror's cornerstone on pretty damn fucking good music, is one hell of a praise. And it deserves it. Weirdly enough, it's just fucking great. Uh, so cast-wise, some people that Steph at least knows the name of for once. Yeah. Uh, start with Daniel Stern, AJ the Reverend. Uh, at the moment, he's a sculptor in California. Again, we're not people to be critiquing art. Uh, obviously in Home Alone as Marv, isn't it? No, not Marv. The other one. No, no is it Marv? Marv's Joe Pesci, isn't it? Oh, no, he is Marv, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, Marv. Yeah, he is Marv. I can't remember what Joe fucking Pesci's one is now. Uh, yeah, Marv in Home Alone, Home Alone 2. Uh, also in Six Slickers, Bookwashed. And might as well give it a shout out to what he's doing at the moment. A film called Everything's Peachy, which he's directing, producing and writing about a divorce couple. Uh, looking back on his acting career and trying to get back into the business. Give him some love. He's on Facebook. Clearly does some great stuff still. And they're still around the business. Uh, also, John Hurd, because it's a bit of a... Not Home Alone reunion, I suppose, but pre-Home Alone. People getting together. Yeah, there's a. it's like Home Alone got the cast list from this and they're like, yeah, fuck it, let's put them in this. About possible kidnapping. Yeah, I can <laughs> Great stuff. And like John Hurd, it doesn't get enough stuff either. I was trying to work out where I remembered him. I was in Cat People, which I haven't seen yet. Uh, Big as well. Cat People from 1980. Oh. Big, the um, Tom Hanks film. He, where he, he goes big. Grows up because of a fortune teller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Home Alone 1, 2, and 4. Didn't know he was in the fourth one. And yeah, I was trying to work out where it's sitting before I remember his name. Then I saw Sharknado on his list and I was like, oh. He died in 2017 of a heart attack, unfortunately. Uh, the last film he's credited in is Sharknado 5. One hell of a legacy to leave, you poor bastard. Great actor. Shame. Uh, Christopher Curry, who plays Captain Bosch. Bosch. Yeah, Bish, Bosch. Bish, Bosch. Who was in Home Alone 3. And Too Young, the Hero. And City of Ghosts, uh, perfectly fine in this. I haven't seen any of those. Kim Greist, playing Laura Daniels, who plays a girlfriend in Brazil. Also in Manhunter, the Red Dragon original with Bill Nye. Uh, Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, which is a dog film. All of those are shit, so I'm not going to touch those. And then coming in at the end there, John Goodman, uh, in one of his first ever roles as a cop who dies, just in a diner. Yeah. Oh, it's a nice thing to start off your career. With. That was it. Super Troop. No, no, Starship Troopers. Sorry, he's in Starship Troopers. Oh shit. Yeah, he's the dad of. Recon. Fair enough. I'm glad to hear he's doing all right. Uh, budget box office. Jump for this. Uh, 1.25 million budget and box office of 4.7 billion US dollars. Which is pretty yeah, decent. Actually, made money. Doesn't take into account. Yeah. 
doesn't take to get DVD sales, which usually for horror stuff, that's a big bulk of it for this kind of era. Trivia-wise, in 2011, as an April Fool's Day joke, Criterion Collection, a US distributor of home video, announced it was releasing special edition DVD and Blu-ray disc of Chud. Uh, taking the piss, you know, pretending because they thought Chud was so badly received, but then people actually asked what the <laughs> fuck is the DVD. And uh, Arrow Video released it in 2016, which I own and treasure. Some of the fucking extras on it are great. Uh, and of course, John Goodman. In it, in the original VHS copy, and yeah, I'm not sure this is true, so again, great assault. He, uh, his scene in the diner is the final scene of the old VHS, which... So was the VHS version a bit more dire, like everyone dies in the diner, like the infection still going I'm on. guessing, and then like Chuds take over the world. Yeah, but then we wouldn't have had Bud of, Bud of Chud, so... Well, we could have had Bud of Chud anyway, because that has nothing to do with the first fucking Chud. That is also a very good fact that I didn't account for. Um... Fair chance without Chud we'd have still had Bud of Chud under a different name. I mean, we had Bud of Chud without it being called Bud of Chud. It was just called fucking uh, night- Weekend at Bernie's. Return of the Living Dead. Of Weekend at Bernie's, yeah. At least that one was funny. Oh yeah, I'd imagine it was. I haven't watched... Yeah, I've not I've seen not it. I've not seen it. I'm not... <laughs> yeah. If anyone in the fucking comments is like, uh, that means you need to watch You Can Fuck Off. No. Anything that can even be remotely fucking compared to Bud of Chud, I'm not even coming close to watching. Oh, and Chuddies means underpants. I f- yeah, I found, oh, I found that out about Actually. 10 minutes ago, but I've been waiting. <laughs> I thought I'd let you get the professional part out of the way. Before we actually properly jump into scene-by-scene scene stuff, I just want to talk This film was made in 1984. We have done another film from the eponymous 1984, uh, not Night Renown but Demons. Another pretty low-budget schlock horror with a really good soundtrack. Bizarrely yeah. good. Uh, the fuck is with 1984 and horror soundtracks? It's just again... See, that's what I don't understand. Like, they get very good, like soundtracks. Maybe, maybe just soundtracks in general. Probably better in the eighties. Although, having just said that, I've just thought of like six different soundtracks that are a bit shit. But you mean like Bud the Chud? Hey, Bud the Chud. Don't even. <laughs> uh, I I told Kieran before. Um, we started this that anytime anyone said Bud the Chud, I would do the uh, Bud the Chud at the end of it. So enjoy that. Um, yeah. I won't be able to edit it out. I won't be able to hear it. So that's your problem. <sighs> Listeners, not you, stuff. That's your problem to listen <laughs> to that crap. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's just the 80s that had decent soundtracks. But uh, another thing that I found relatively similar is. In the 80s, they seemed to put a shitload of money into the first, like, first of the series, so Demons 1 or Chud. And then the second one, they kind of go, ah, we'll give you 50 quid and then we'll see what you can make out of that. Well, I suppose it's from an era where they didn't have to make sequel after sequel after sequel and create some fucking universe yeah, that, surrounding films. Yeah, that's true. Films. I mean... Dear God, a cinematic Chud universe. That'd be terrible. Rob Zombie was going to remake these. Chuck See, films. I wouldn't. Uh, that doesn't bother me. Rob Zombie couldn't do anything wrong, as far as I'm concerned. It 
remade the fucking Halloween films. Hey. That was awful. But I think it'd be good here, genuinely. He could do a good job on Shardid, have some psycho killer anti-fucking environment. Yeah. Who are those... What are those twats called that are currently like holding up the M25? Invasion environment? Oh, I can't no. remember the name. Um, Terrorist twats who are kind of just sitting on trains and stopping people moving anywhere. You, you know who you are. Imagine you'd remake, like, add those in to fucking protest. Them all get eaten. Yeah, some psycho killer goes around pushing them into the sewers. <laughs> I do like Rob Zombie. I'll defend him to the end of days. But he, uh, he's overindulgent at times. Fucking great soundtracks, though. Yeah. Uh, it's just... I don't know. With, uh, with, with these films in particular, they kind of... I, I don't know if... It is probably just me, actually, because I know that you like the first one. But the first one, I found that the kind of subplots that were going on between each of the people I was kind of less interested in and as soon as it kind of dropped into the everyone's a zombie it was like oh I can, I can do zombie films I'm, I'm good with that so I think it is literally just my like attention span maybe no no, that's fair I mean it's not highly rated anywhere yeah. it, it was shut up by both critics and uh, the general populace even now I think the Rotten scores somewhere around 25% for both audience and critics. Mm. And it, it's cult in the harshest sense. I love it. I fucking adore it. I love every bit of it. But um, I can see why people don't like it. Uh, we might as well jump straight in. First scene, classic horror movie kill in a very rundown New York. It seems trying to be two versions of New York, either a fucking utopia. So I'm trying to think of a fucking nice New York now. I can't come up with anything. Or a crappy, run-down piece of shit place. Like anything that was set in New York in the last 20 years. Like anything with a corporate edge to it that's going to be nice, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be the Hamptons, Trump Tower. Don't know why that came to mind, but hey. King Kong, that had a nice New York in it. Or it's going to be this run-down piece of shit place. And we got the second one for this, because... But they can't afford to do the former or uh, they've got an anti-corporatist thing in this. Yeah, I don't know if we're hitting on a theme or not, because obviously Demons was kind of zombies, but just rebranded as Demons. Um, this seems to be... Oh, they, these aren't zombies. These are cannibals that have been mutated by biological testing on them. And it's like, well, kind of zombies then, aren't they? So, and then uh, something that we're about to do in the future, which is probably not a secret, because we're talking about zombies right now and and very popular. Well, I wouldn't say very popular. A zombie film just recently came out. but Well known, not popular. Yeah. Uh, From what I've seen of people talking about this one and reviews and little snippets of shit that I've seen. Not not many people like this new one. But um yeah, it it we seem to be hitting on a theme at this point and I don't know if that's intentional for us or <laughs> No, no way this is intentional. <laughs> it's just eh, 
fuck it, we'll just do things that we're kind of interested in. <laughs> it's like a fucking internet dartboard at this point. If something happens to go into my periphery, we'd touch on it anyway. Yeah, anyway, uh, starting off with like the, the classic death scene at the start, which is a bit crap. That's a kind of running theme through the first film, and definitely the second film, where the death scenes are off-screen. Yeah, like, I genuinely didn't understand what was going on until about halfway into the film I made the logical connection. I think that's how far, like, I my brain had kind of fucked off for the first ten minutes of this film. I, I was just like, oh, some woman's walking down the street, she gets pulled into a manhole, and her dog flies about. That's pretty funny, I guess. And then I didn't think about it again until uh, about halfway in. <laughs> when the dude's like, yeah, my, miss- my wife's gone missing. Yeah, it's the wife of the police chief of the film. It was actually Daniel Stern's wife in real life. Oh. Uh, who he's still married to to this day. Good for them. At Congratulations. Least last, last time I checked. You know. Yeah, by the time this episode comes out. There, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say that, sorry. <laughs> I don't want to shit on anyone's 2022. Last year was bad enough. Yeah, God bless you, Stan. Yeah. Keep the dream going. Uh, so, me, one of our main characters, are pretty much, what, three storylines or two storylines going on that eventually converge. You've got uh, George and AJ and the captain. George is a photographer who creepily takes pictures of homeless people without their consent and takes pictures of his naked girlfriend. The dialogue in this is really quippy and really great. Uh, I won't mention it much through this. There's just little back and forth, which I always love writing. Just stuff like what you're wearing for the shoot, perfume, just that, yeah. Yeah, I will say it's very progressive on how... Especially back in the 80s where everything was like, uh, well, probably not like this, but uh, how everything was like, women do one thing, men are allowed to do another sort of thing. Whereas in this film, it was very like, well, you've got an opinion, so let's hear it. Whereas, I don't know, it was very refreshing to see from an old film. It's usually like, bitch, get back in the kitchen, slap. Oh yeah, the 80s are fucking awful for it, for writing females in these films. It, it the, this film still had that, but it wasn't as bad. Like the, I suppose we'll talk about it now. But one of the the main characters' uh, girlfriend in this is pregnant, and there's a small conversation about whether they want to keep the baby or not. And he's very like, uh. Well, it's kind of your body, so if you want to, and she's like, "Yeah, but I want your opinion," and he was like, "Well, if I said yes, would you say yes?" Kind of thing. I like that kind of dialogue where it's like that. There, it's an actual relationship, so there's like two people communicating, sort of thing. Maybe it's just because I've been in relationships where no one communicates with fucking I, anyone. I, I so think it's like... it's quite nice as uh, back and forth. I think it does highlight a problem with the film. Um, a side effect of it. Whereas I said, the, the guy who wrote all of these writes books, doesn't write films, and this film is very unvisual at times. Yeah. It's dialogue, 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 endlessly, which I don't mind so much, um, but it is a problem. The chuds themselves, you don't see much of them, you don't see a rampage by them, you don't get any of 
the fun stuff, and they got a one million budget. They could have gone nuts, relatively. Yeah. Like, you don't see Goodman getting like disemboweled, which is what you really want. <laughs> I'd like to see Goodman get disemboweled. It was fun watching him get like burnt to a crisp in uh, Ten yeah, Cloverfield. I haven't actually seen that. But uh, yeah, so George is taking pictures of New York citizens. He did a expose on the homeless population, and he's doing something else like that. I do love as well the little answering machine thing where he talks back to the guy who's phoning him to get in. It's just great. I so it it reads like a book, really, and it, it's amusing, uh, but not filmy. Is some of the problem. The girlfriend leaves all her jewelry. Lauren leaves all her jewelry in the basement, just communal for the apartment building. I love as well. They're in like a studio apartment on the top floor. That's pretty fucking nice for New York, right? It's expensive to live in that kind of thing. Yeah. They go one floor down. It looks like an absolute rundown heroin level, like junkie den. Fucking horrible. Graffiti on the walls. Everything falling apart. It's, looks like a parking garage. Fucking terrible. Yeah. Say, so, I'm not going to... Like... I, I understand, like, living in different places, everything costs different wages because living in the middle of the city, you're going to probably be earning more money. Whatever. Fine. But is are communal basements ever a thing? I only, uh, To be fair, I've only ever lived in a house that had a basement and we converted that into someone's bedroom. So no one, no one goes down there except for him. And we call it his sex dungeon. So... Nice fucking thing to tell the world. Ah, <laughs> uh, they don't know who I'm talking about. I mean, the people that know me personally know who I'm talking about, but... You get communal kitchens, you get communal bathrooms. Why the fuck anyone would need a communal basement? What you'd need to do in that communal... I don't want to know, actually. Don't fucking tell me. If anyone has a communal basement, I don't want to know you have it. I don't want to know how you use it as a sex dungeon. We keep a sex swing down there, and we all use it for an orgy. So that's the only reason to have a communal... I say dungeon, communal basement. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, he's trying to find homeless people, basically, because he's got a story to do, expose on the homeless population, all that shit, because they all live underground. Uh, and he can't find any to take a photograph of, which to me is a story in itself, really. New York not having homeless people, that's like, what, 80% of the population fucked off? Wolverhampton, if the homeless pissed off, that's 99% of people gone. <laughs> ghost town getting mugged like a daily hello it'd be uh disappointing be nostalgic can imagine birmingham all the homeless leaving it might actually get tumbleweed ah fuck it we might actually clean the fucking streets again tumble homeless they're just sauntering past cartwheeling yeah grass at them (laughs) i'll get to leave (laughs) can hell what uh, quickly touch, yeah, touch on the acting to move on. Uh, the big name actors in this are pretty good. Like Stern's great, Hurd's good, uh, Curry's really good, and the girl whose name I have forgotten, I'm going to have to quickly look up, Kim Greist, really good. Uh, the standing actors, the supporting, are a bit shit. There's a woman, the only reason I bring this up, there's a woman at this point where George has been taking pictures and you look at the street, she's the downstairs basement thing, and she's scared of something that's moving about in the cardboard boxes and her arms wave about like the fucking that family guy thing, wacky inflatable tube man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She does yeah. that whole thing, doing a scream, and then she goes to look because in New York, 
every other five feet in this city, there's an entrance to the sewers. It's for some reason every house has an entrance to the sewers. Every fucking place you can get down to the sewers. Not in their high-rise basement, there's an entrance to the sewers in the basement, which, why? In um, AJ's place, there's quite luckily an entrance. Why are there so many entrances? Who built these? What, into the sewers? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if having a, a an entrance into the sewer in your basement is an ideal thing for you to have or Does your house have one? You got a secret escape hatch to the basement? We've got the a, we've got a secret escape hatch, but it's to the it's to the street, it's not to the sewers. I am genuinely not joking. We've got like a little secret escape hatch that leads leads into our front garden. We can literally just like fuck off. The person that lives down in that basement couldn't get through the escape hatch, if that's any consolation to you. He'd probably get stuck and we'd all be fucking dead because we'd be, like, pushing him through. I'm going to kill you after listening to this. Ah, uh, you're going to listen to this, is all right. <laughs> I probably will. Hello. <laughs> we'll cut that bit out. Sorry. I won't. Oh, yeah, no, you won't, you bastard. You'll cut that bit out. <laughs> If you're acting wise beyond that, you've also got Captain Xanax, who I'm going to keep him as. Yeah, the he's of police. For, for a dude that's worrying about like zombies coming back to life and killing people and shit, he's very mellow. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go with him on this one, you know. It's like if um, Captain Holt from Brooklyn Nine-Nine had given up on life. It's just got a monotone, mellow. It's just Fucking tedious voice. Yeah, but Captain Holt's fucking genius. Oh, that sounds like oxymoronic, but he, Captain Holt does actually have some gust to him. Or as the fucking Bud the Chud would uh, say. Some spunk. Swank. Some spunk. Yeah. I'm going to spunk all over your chest. Sorry, I don't know where the fuck I went with that. <laughs> <clears throat> Moving on. Uh, yeah, so meet the chief police as well after George and Lauren have a bit of a quip about going to a, a fashion shoot, which I, I, again, I, I really do love. And it's a really good character building thing where he kind of quips and moans about her getting pictures taken. He's a bit of a prick about it. Kind of a standard professional, fast talking. Yeah, make this pose, do this, do that. Uh, it's just pretty damn good. And then he's called by a homeless woman. Because apparently he gave his number out to all the homeless people when he was taking their picture. Yeah, and she must she must have a memory like a steel trap. Because if someone gave me their number and I didn't have my cell phone on me, and I couldn't just quickly type in the digits, I'd be fucked. Unless their number was like zero seven one 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 one, I'd be like, uh, hello, my dad's. Number ends in ten sixty six. That I could remember off the top of my head. Oh yeah, I remember. I remember my house number because it's fucking easy. But we don't use the house phone anymore. Literally, we've got rid of the bastard. So who does? To be fair, yeah, um, yeah. If she hits an answering machine, because why would he be home twenty four seven? And he gets it forwarded to like the studio. Which okay, if, if that's a thing, that's a thing. Um, yeah, the homeless woman calls him up because she tried to steal a gun. It's a good thing she ain't black, isn't it? Yeah, she 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 walks up to a policeman, walks up behind a policeman, and just 
tries to take his gun. Uh, yeah, nowadays in age, you get shot for that shit. Back then, you get shot for that shit. Yeah, but I think less people complained about it back then. If she was a guy and or black, she'd be fucking blown away. She'd be in pieces on the floor. <laughs> Stop resisting arrest. <laughs> <laughs> that scene from uh, fucking Harold and Kumar. Running into the jail, so I'll stop resisting arrest and beats the shit out of him. <laughs> but somehow she's not only not blown to sh- fucking shreds, she's let go the first day in, which, uh, okay, maybe the prison system's overpopulated, I don't know. Uh, yeah, jumping into the other character on this, uh, so we've got Captain Chief Police, Captain of Police, who's composed, quite fun character. A bit of a stereotype, but hey ho. To be fair, get. considering his wife had gone missing, he was fairly. Yeah, he's doing pretty decently. Yeah, he's to holding fair. together. Maybe it was a loveless marriage. It's fine, but I mean, he got fucked up when he's seen her later. But we'll get to that. I mean, who wouldn't? To be fair, you see a decapitated head. Was it a decapitated head? I literally just thought it was like the skin of her face was just floating in the ocean. <laughs> I genuinely don't I can remember. Just remember we wa- the head. I watched it literally this morning, and I cannot remember. <laughs> what would it be the skin? It's the head that was like floating up. I've made a giving head joke like later in my notes. So I know for a fact it's just the head. Okay, I'll take your word for it then. Uh, yeah, the third protagonist of this, played by Daniel Stern, who's by far the best performance in this. Not to discredit uh, John Hurd or Christopher Curry at all. He's just really, really good in this and really fun to watch throughout the entirety of it. Uh, who's playing kind of a, a... Well, he's a reverend, but he's like the homeless savant. The homeless whisperer. I don't know. Like Dr. Doolittle for homeless people. Has a like, food shelter, homeless shelter set up. Yeah. Helps them. For some reason, he can't get decent clothing, which is more egregious because there's like a clothing rack sitting in the I, corner. I genuinely think he's homeless as well. I just think... Yeah, he is. But there's a fucking rack of clothes sitting in the corner for people to take as and when they will. Can he not get anything but a white shirt with sweat stains over it? I mean, to be fair, probably not. Because if everyone's taking his fucking clothes, he ain't going to have any for himself, is he? <laughs> Where there's either like clothing rack at the back, he either can't be bothered or he's got like a Homer Simpson setup where he's just got white shirts with sweat stains in the exact same place for every day. I of mean, the week. how is he going to wash them anyway? He could wash them in the sewer, I suppose. But uh, in terms of the actual characters, though, and their conversations back and forth, I do really love that there's no bullshit that you get in a lot of these films. There'd be a bit of padding, I feel, like 15 minutes of padding in a bad film. Where you get the police chief or the, uh, sorry, the captain, police captain or the chief police not believing one of them, but in this film, pretty much everyone's taken seriously throughout the whole thing. Obviously, there's within the boardroom meeting, there's a bit of a back and forth, a bit of a dialogue battle between a lot of them. Someone trying to not concede their hand, but for the majority of it, everyone's taken at word. And when they say, you know, creatures are coming around and fucking killing people, homeless are going missing, no one's, you know, disparaged immediately. Yeah, uh, which it's, is it's refreshing. Yeah, it's it's more like, I don't know if, it... like, I understand, I understand, yeah, it, it, it's nice to kind of see that, like, everyone 
is kind of on the same page, but trying not to overstep the mark and whatnot. But it seemed to me that everyone was very obvious. Like, even the people that were like, nah, I don't know what you're on about. Nah, there's no there's no creatures down in the in the sewers. You could tell that obviously they were bullshitting and I'm not I'm not I'm not very good at kind of detecting when someone's lying to me. I'm kind of like kinda of, uh, a face value kind of person. It's like, oh, alright, yeah, they've told me that they're not doing this. Alright. Yeah, so that I don't mind lying because that's interesting, you know. It's in these things in horror films where they don't believe the people mm-hmm. that I can't stand when they're credible people and they say something's happening. And in my head, it's not just, oh, they're fucking mental. It's, oh, something weird's going on. It's not the monster thing, but it's something else. At the very least, every character in this film takes that stance of, I respect this person, something's going on, clearly. Um, I mean, you learn about the wife about halfway through, roughly? Yeah, about that. I think it's very, very offhandly put, kind of like, that put an APB on my wife. And I was like, that's a very creepy thing to say. And then it kind of it kind of clicked in my head. I was like, oh, she's the woman at the start. <laughs> if I was the editor yeah. for that, I think I'd just take out that scene with the my wife went missing. Just remove like, it. Someone get a fucking APB out on my wife. I want to know where she is, what she's eating, and what her shit smells like. <laughs> uh, again, yeah, the other thing I really love about this, uh, between the three protagonists... There's there's quite a distinct characterization. You've got to some extent like street smarts culminating in George and AJ, and the more refined captain, who uh, like, kind of shows his uselessness when he's talking to a an insane homeless person because the homeless in this film can't be normal for some reason. Like beyond the one woman, they're all fucking mental. Yeah. I don't know what vendetta this has against homeless people. Like Vic, Victor is completely batshit and can't uh, enunciate, can't put into words who's attacked him, can't put into words the monsters that have came to get him. The one guy, Victor's mate, tries to beat the shit out of George despite George getting bandages to help the guy and this insane person that the captain goes up to has a knife that's going to stab him with. Val, I think his name is. Like the uh, the captain's looking for a kind of evidence to see what's going on. Um, soup kitchen guy Val. Val. Oh, AJ, you talking the main guy or? Yeah, yeah, the one that runs the soup kitchen. Yeah, AJ. Sort of thing. AJ. Okay, so AJ kind of introduces him to this other homeless person, and then the captain asks him a very specific question. He pulls out a knife and stabs it into the table and then repeats repeats the one line like six times in a row. The one line I can't remember, but it it was something along the lines of, you know, the end times are coming. Yeah, it's like they're in the sky or something. It was something completely unrelated to... Insane shit. Yeah. And... I'm just thinking, like, all right, he's he's a police captain, right? I'm pretty sure he dude has an unlicensed weapon, and literally just threatened a police officer. Yeah, but, he uh, might be thankful for the roof over his head if you put him in a cell. <laughs> this film, this film, fucking a woman can go behind a cop, try to nick his gun, and she's like, 
Clearly they're very lax. No, I'm really worried now that whole like in the sky thing, someone's going to write to us now and just say, you don't know what you're talking about. It's a metaphor from the Bible. How could they not know this? Yeah, it probably is, but some you need to remember. Ultra in-depth. I am not professional and I am not going to look it up. No, that that is something to keep in mind. And Kieran's just not going to look it up because... I don't give a fuck. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the George goes to get the homeless woman. Should me onto her and his story, uh, and they traverse through what seems like a good like thirty minute walk to get into the homeless sanctuary in the sewers, which is a bit I don't know of a pain in the ass. I think overcomplicated. Yeah, and they, they send a policeman to follow them. Yeah, to tell him, um, who presumably gets lost. Yeah, because he doesn't come back and, like, yeah, he went into a fucking drainage ditch. Yeah, because they go through, like, a labyrinth of sewer stuff, um, which is where they find Victor, who's been bit by a, by a chud. Yeah, in the worst fucking place, like, right on the kneecap. Like, if anyone's going to stab me... Do it in a, like, meaty, chunky place. Don't stab me in the fucking joint of my kneecap or anything like that, because... Fuck you, that's just a dick move. <laughs> stab me, but don't do it... <laughs> anything on the leg. Yeah, don't do it in shit. the joint or something. I'm fucking happy. Fine. Stab me in the stomach. I've got shitloads of oh, fat. I can't, I'm good. I can't do the stomach. I've been, I've been tattooed on my stomach and my leg. Um, uh, my leg fucking hurt. But the stomach, I, I, I haven't finished it, and I'm not going to. It's the most miserable feeling in the world. I'll get, I'll get stabbed in the back. I can live with that. Uh, yeah, he's not turning. He does turn later in the film. I don't know why. It's the radiation, isn't it? It's not being bit by a chud, at least in this film. It's the radiation. I think it is. That... I think it's if you, if you're bitten. As far as I know, or from what... I don't think he's anywhere... Because in... if that's the case, then why didn't any of the other two change? I mean, she was turning. Was but... she? Yeah, I, I think so, because she had a kind of deep, gravelly voice to her when she pulled the gun on um, I thought John Heard. just her voice. No, no, it was different. It was noticeably different. And then Daniel Stubb pushes the old lady over and she cracks in two because she's fucking made of glass because she's an old woman. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I laughed at that. That was fucking hilarious. Didn't even bother to check on her because yeah, old person, <laughs> fucking dead. Move, bitch, get out the way. Uh, yeah, I mean, a couple of bits of dialogue here that don't make much of sense. But as there's a lot of quippy stuff back and forth. As I said, it's it's very dialogue heavy. The film had a few of the lines. There's a line there. What do you want a gun for? John Hurt saying, which I mean, three guesses. You fucking idiot. He wants to shoot yeah. something. Clearly, <laughs> he is very. Uh, like esoteric, very out there, and telling George what he wants to shoot. He doesn't really like go on a specific point. He doesn't say, "Oh, there are monsters in the sewers," which would have kind of put an end to the conversation immediately. He goes on this tangent about he wants to shoot the things, the things that are coming for him. Which I mean, to me, just sounds like some racist old homeless man who wants to shoot black people. Yeah, I. I don't know why. 
I get that probably shock or something or um, being afraid of something to the point where you to the point of this but I don't understand why every film has to kind of play the like oh I'm going to tease it out of you like what's coming like we've already seen well we, we, we already know that something's happening we wouldn't be sitting in the cinema to fucking like watch this film if we didn't if we thought it was just fucking people that live in the sewer but just don't tease it it's just a, it feels to me like a really lazy way to draw out a scene for longer to try well, I mean I think it's because again he's not a screenwriter he doesn't know how to do it visually which they do try to do they have like little glimpses of the um, chat of the chats the chuds chads not that they're not that uh good looking the chuds which is how you would do it but then you'd sprinkle in some victims you'd throw in some damage done by them you'd see like sewer walls being scratched at you'd have uh more evidence of the radioactive material that was really good the like radiation uh stuff the geiger counter that was going nuts that's a fun little addition but you'd have more of that if you were gonna really go for it oh the bite mark's good um, but I do feel like this guy, he, he's wrote a load of books and that's what he's coming at this with. And in a book in book format, I can see it being wrote. It'd be really, really good. Push forward really nicely. It doesn't quite translate as well to screen format. It's not quite as visually stimulating as I think he wants it to be, which is really where the director needs to step in and go, look, this is what we really need to push on. Um, I suppose pre-production, but what are you going to do? Yeah. So, find out for all this uh, from Daniel Stern that the kind of big problem, the EPA, have been going on for four weeks at EPA probe. Uh, which I think, were they the villains in the Simpsons movie? It was EPA, wasn't it? Sorry, the Environmental Protection Agency have been like the villains in. I, they aren't the villains, to be fair, in this, because I've got no idea that it's still going on. They finished a weekend. And these are the nuclear, they were nuclear crap, not. I'm paraphrasing their um <laughs> Yeah, name. they're getting rid of the toxic waste, the the tosses that do that. Yeah, those people. Yeah. Uh which you find out later in. Um which which is a pretty plausible villain. To an extent. Because I, I can't see anyone ever deciding, you know, where we should dump nuclear waste in one of the biggest urban environments in the America. And not like yeah. say, some shithole town. I will say most places or from maybe it's just common sense in my head at least, but most places that deal in toxic wastes are usually far out of the city or in like remote areas, so they have like minimal effect on life and whatnot. So that must mean that they're driving trucks full of toxic waste into the city, yeah, to dump it. Yeah, rather than dumping it literally anywhere else. <laughs> Which is very fucking stupid. And that, that is your kind of like Chernobyl being moved to Moscow. Or fucking Fukushima being moved into Tokyo. Sorry if you live in Moscow, but... Looks too I happy, know. I think. It's not drab enough. <laughs> fucking Hiroshima looks more happy than that place. I'm not sorry if you live in Moscow. I'm only sorry you live in Moscow. 
So, I mean, I know you said you didn't really like the um, dialogue bits where it was leading up to the introduction of the Chuds. Which of the two subplots, though, did you enjoy the most between like AJ and George? Um, to be fair, <laughs> I kind of zoned out about... Right, I zoned out up until the boardroom scene. Yeah. Where he pulled out... A boot. A fucking Buzz Lightyear yeah, boot. Yeah, a, like a fake leg and then like a load of pictures and this and the other. And I'm like, where the fuck did the fake leg come from? I'm fucking... I'm intrigued. <laughs> I did... I genuinely, like... I my brain had done that thing where it fucks off for ten minutes. Yeah, fair enough. I looked I looked at the screen and there was a there was like a just a like heart, a fake leg on the table. I was like, what? Am I is this the same film? What the fuck's going on? So yeah, basically what happened, um he met up with the captain, said that people have gone missing underground and all that, he ends up taking him to the sewers to show him what he's found. And he found uh, some radiation material and a boot. Which, who the fuck loses a boot? Okay, so just quickly, if something's left in like a radioactive zone, for long enough it will suck up that radiation, right? Uh, I mean, it'd take a while, but yeah. Oh. It'd become okay. radioactive. Yes. It, it, it's interesting, radiation, it, basically, and I'm going to go on a little science tangent here, because why the fuck not? Radiation, at its core, is basically neutron particles, uh, basic particles, Beta radiation, at least most common, or gamma radiation, slamming into other neutrons, and then those neutrons uh, slam into other neutrons, and basically it, it causes um, I can't remember the exact term, but devolution from one uh, type of element into another type of element or an isotope. Also, how nuclear bombs and shit work you fire one neutron, it hits another, and it the amount of energy you produce goes boom. Yeah. Radioactive material, in essence, is material that uh, turns into isotopes or degrades, deteriorates really quickly. The atoms they change; they have a really small half life. I'm just, I'm just confused because so it wouldn't be the it wouldn't be the fact like that sh- that leg or boot or whatever the fuck we want to call it would have gone radioactive and so they'd left it there. Yeah. No, that wouldn't happen. Okay. Oh, the rest of them would be radioactive at the same time. He hasn't like stepped in goo, and that's doomed him. I I was just it was just a fucked up thing because in my head I was like, if he got it from that room, and it might possibly be radioactive, he just brought it in a plate paper bag into a room, a boardroom to kind of be like, yeah, look, dickheads. I mean, no, that this that might funny. be a problem, like genuinely. <laughs> Uh, given like the amount of radiation in there, the guy Hunter goes mental when he steps down there. Yeah, you had Chernobyl. Famously, you had a load of people, Russians, paid to haul material out of there, expensive material. Mm. They could leave for I think about a minute out of the helicopter and then haul it back and leave. Uh, all of them died of cancer. All of them within ah. like ten years. Yeah, I know. I know we're allowed, or we can have like a certain amount of radiation that we're kind of like we deal with in everyday life. Well, it's background radiation. Yeah, that's but standard. Maybe it's just 
watching these films, I was like, how much radiation can actually kill you? Because they're actually in that fucking sewer for a very fucking long time. Oh, they'd be dead of cancer. Based on the Geiger counters, they're fucked. In like five, ten years, they are screwed. And my physics teacher might like, kill me if I'm wrong here, but I, I'm willing to put my life on it. They're fucked. Uh, yeah, because they, they grab a Geiger counter in the sewers when he's got his boot and shit, put it forward, and it goes absolutely mental, goes to the top, and then starts decreasing because the Zats themselves are radioactive, like fucking Nuclear Man. Um, <laughs> well done for the five people who got that reference. Actually, not well done. It's a shit film. Shame on you. <laughs> I don't know what you're on about. I just thought it was funny. It's a shame, like, Randy Marsh wasn't from New York or they didn't attack Colorado. You know that episode where he gets giant balls? Yeah. <laughs> it made it a lot easier if he could just, like, punch a zat. Not a zat, fucking chud. It'd be all right. Several lot of times, all I'm saying, a lot of microwave energy money. Uh, yeah. So they, they get all that stuff, basically. They bring it together, and then the captain calls up for a meeting. Uh, interspersed within this, you have John Hurd as well, who's talking about the abortion stuff mentioned earlier. Uh, they do end up starting to have the kid. He has a really sly fucking happy face when he's talking about the alternatives. I don't know, it just weirded me out a bit. I think he's just happy that he's having the child and the idea of having a kid. But it, uh, when you're talking about abortion, you don't have a little grin. Yeah, it's a very uh, touchy subject for some people. <laughs> uh, and she gets pregnant in the middle of a horror film. And I, uh, the first time I watched this years ago, I, I thought she was fucked. Spoiler alert, she isn't. Yeah, in my head I was like, alright, it looks like she's staying to the end of the fucking film. There'll be a few close calls, but she survives. And uh, Have a little fun scene as well. They're interspersed occasionally, like this, uh, you're saying Zat? That's what I can think of. You know, the Zat, the creature from the Blue Lagoon, that kind of shit. Awful, like 50s. Yeah, yeah, just think, bud, the Chud. Yeah, Chud. The Chud uh, kills... An old man scares the shit out of a little kid in a phone booth. Uh, I suppose he, he put on the dial tone of life, closed on the receiver of life. He... From the first one and the second one, the chuds are very fucking selective on who they eat. Yeah, they don't attack kids at any point. Yeah. Because this film has no balls. <laughs> Kill kids. No one likes them. Fucking murder a couple. You might not want to put that out on a on a podcast, mate. Just everyone kill, has just kill kids. Everyone <laughs> has that inner desire to kill these little brats, and we progress that through either film or mods on Skyrim to kill the children. You know that's the most downloaded mod on Skyrim. The on like the on the, the unofficial patch is the children killing mod. Everyone fucking does it. Because they're little brats that no one likes, and you express that in fantasy by killing the little shit. Yeah, uh, Grandad's murdered, little kid watches on. Not really traumatised so much as mildly yeah. inconvenienced. Yeah, he kind of just huddled in the corner like, um, can I, mean, I the, get up now? The way I've put it here, a look I can describe as a kid who's like alcoholic dad has promised Legoland that they go to Legoland, but has got really drunk and passed out again. It's more disappointed than sad. <laughs> I'm not upset, I'm just disappointed. Yeah. Like, she knows it. She knows it's coming. 
but it's still disappointed when it does. Like, we were supposed to get ice cream after this, and you fucking ate my granddad? Pretty much that, yeah. That's the bang on it. Uh, and yeah, just to mention, like, go back to Stud and Curry, their chemistry is fucking great. Going into the boardroom scene, uh, they just play really well off each other, which I think is more Stern's doing than Curry's doing. He's just, he works really well with anyone. Like, with Pesci, obviously, great, that back and forth. Uh, but in this, it, he's just got so much charisma drawn to the guy. Kind of childish charisma. It's just really fun to watch. Um, boardroom scene. Uh, which I don't really want to say a battle of wits because it's very much one-sided on we know what's happening. No, you don't. Yes, we do. Oh, shit, they do. No, you don't know what's happening with this. Yes, we I do. I genuinely enjoyed that aspect of it where it was like, all right, what proof do you have? Here's this, here's exhibit A, B, and C. And they're like, okay, so that is, that is what's happening, <laughs> but, but it's not, it's, it's not a problem. And everyone's like, well, it is. So here's A, B, and C of that. <laughs> and they're like, okay, okay, okay. It, it, it is a bit of a problem, but we've got it under control. Here's A, B, and C. And like, fuck's sake, just, Yes, this is what's happening. We've got fucking cannibals in our underground fucking sewer system. All right, you fucking tussers. You already knew, so why did you need the clarification? <laughs> yeah, it's really corporate that that kind of like we will take back as much ground as we can, like forfeit as much ground as yeah we'll like, allow. The dude's really shit if he leaves paperwork out that everyone sees and they're like, "What's a chud?" And then they're like, uh, fuck, you you weren't supposed to see that. Forget that you saw it. Well, and everyone's like, no. So what's a chud? And they're like, uh, we need to get clearance so you can know. And then he mysteriously gets a phone call at that exact point. And they're like, all right, so this is what a chud is. <laughs> yeah, the phone call that lasts, what, like two seconds? Yeah. It, he does I don't even think he speaks. I think it's like, yeah, mm-hmm click. Alright, so this is what a chud is. Apparently that was enough to kind of go, yeah, we need clarification for these fuckwits that came in. One's a homeless guy and one's a captain of police. Yeah, with the homeless guy that he was going to kill before this, or in prison, I don't know. Yeah, I will say that. I don't I don't remember where this scene is. I think it's exactly after this point. But the homeless guy gets followed by some creepy dude in sunglasses. He goes to put a quarter into um uh, into a phone like a uh, like a phone booth. The dude walks up, takes the quarter, and puts it in his mouth. And I was like, "Is this kind of some sexual like advance play?" Yeah, yeah. I'm like, "The fuck's going on?" And they stare at each other for like ten seconds, and it's silent. And it's just, I'm like, "The fuck is going on?" And then. The homeless guy's like, yeah, I don't want to fuck with him anyway, so I'll just leave. <laughs> and then it was just fucking, like, it it confused the shit out of me. I understand, like, like the, the, the governor or whoever, whoever the fuck he was, was like, yeah, and follow a dude with a fucking a shoe in a paper bag. <laughs> follow him. 
because he'll be able to open it up to the media. Yeah, uh, yeah who's like going to fucking bollocks. believe a homeless man? Like, oh, a homeless man. You think there's cannibals living in our sewers, do you? Here's a fucking baked potato. Run along. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I suppose this is where it kind of does kick off after all this, and it pushes. You get another scene with George and um, Laura, who doesn't wear much out. Fuck me, she was like borderline nude in that park. Like a fucking paper cutout. Or had a tit. Who the fuck wears that in a public park? Barely like a two piece. Mate, I I barely paid attention, so I didn't even see what she wore. Sorry. Fair enough. Uh, George fucks off with his stalker during all that. Some guy reporter comes up to him and says, oh, "I've been following you. I've been following the person who's been following you." And George takes and says, yes, I should go down with you into the sewers because you seem like a well-adjusted individual. Yeah. And this dude brings a fucking gun with him and he's like, the fuck did you bring a gun for? And he was like, well, if a homeless man wanted one... I think that's a point, to be honest. I'll live with him on that. If you're going into the sewers, bring a gun. Homeless people... What are you going to do? Shoot the shit? (laughs) Hey, that's my pun for today. But I was homeless people are alone. Like you need to be careful. They'll they'll fucking stab you. Mate, I genuinely don't think that homeless people are living in our sewers. I don't think they stand the smell of shit, let alone In that sewers, no, but in those sewers, yeah. In our sewers, no. I'm gonna have to jump off just a moment, can we pause? Yeah. So yeah, uh he heads into the sewers with weird stalker person who he thinks has nicked all his photos at this point, but the police chief has. Because that's always a good way of doing things. Which is where the third act really picks off. Uh, it's it's quite a nice culmination of events, actually, where you've got the two major storylines between George and AJ, which have kind of crossed paths here and there, through, mostly through the captain. Uh, but now all culminating one big end drive to get out the sewer as fast as possible and crash together. Yeah, so so the creepy dude that swallowed a quarter has kind of followed AJ. AJ's gone into the sewers to kind of get rid of him, but the the stalker had kind of like locked him in there and just fucked off, thinking, yep, I've done my job. He's, he's helping Val out as well to tell Val to get out the sewers because... Um, it's been told to the captain that their plan is to ter- put the gas into the sewer mains, which is fucking insane. But it's absolutely mental to do this. Is that they? Um, so yeah, should probably like go through point by point. They have an autopsy of a chud, which they find die through asphyxiation, and um, and they find when the oh when Walter the representative of the nuclear disposal group he sends his people underground without any backup with just cameras and shit because he found a boot there earlier someone clearly fucking died no one just leaves a boot and the police chief sends his guys down with flamethrowers and shit which that's another point i need to make um apparently flamethrowers i looked this up because in my head you know it's flamethrowers are fucking horrible weapons that can leave people scarred and really destroy people they're legal they're not only like allowed in uh, police settings. There's no laws against them in the same way that firearms have. They're unregulated firearms. 
when I'm running on regulated firearms. But yeah, they're, they're perfectly allowed in like civilian homes, which is just fucking insane to me. But is that back then or is that now? That's now. Yeah. The fuck. Like you can hire one. I thought that would be. Con- I thought that would be like against the fucking Geneva Convention I, or some is. shit. Like that. That's technical fucking chemical warfare. At that yeah, he's point. napalm. Um, I I don't know if it is in the military. I know there's a. They don't use it in the army. Because you'll be you're the first fucking person that's targeted. Um, famously in World War Two, people with flamethrowers weren't taken as prisoners. They were shot on sight, both on the German side and the uh, Allies side, the Axis Allies. They were killed, and it's, I understand why because it's a horrific way to die. But yeah, perfectly legal, except in California, you need a permit, uh, and. I think Montana, a state being with M, there are legal outright. Two states need a permit for them. One state, it's absolutely legal. And in the other 48 states, perfectly fine. Yeah, they, they go underground uh, with flame froze in a sewer because that's going to end well. Yeah, I, I will say, um, so the captain of the police is the ones with the uh, sent down a team with flamethrowers. And the governor has sent down one person with a camera. And he's gone, hey, go with the camera. Stop the people with fucking flamethrowers. And the dude with the flamethrower literally points it at the dude. <laughs> yes. And he's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stop him. He can go wherever the fuck he wants. <laughs> I liked that scene. That was pretty good. I didn't actually think about that. Yeah, you would have pointed it straight at him. Because he's got like, yeah, that's, that's fucking great. Yeah. Uh, I mean. They all end up dead anyway. Like, they're fucking massacred. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, they do, because they find the camera down there later, don't they? Yeah, the truck doesn't give a fuck about fire. Yeah. Something that is carried on into the fir- uh, into the second film, to be fair. Well, in the second film, they don't give a fuck about anything. Yeah, they're down in the first. Except gunshots. Yeah, normal gunshots to the chest, they'll fucking keel over for that shit. But in the second one, you get their head knocked off. They're like... And in the fucking first film, one's decapitated with a random cutlass someone has in their apartment for some reason. And that that puts an end to him. I know it's not we're not at the second one, but seeing as we're talking about swords already, uh Kieran at one point during the second film went, Who the fuck has swords in their house? And then we both silently acknowledged that we both have swords in We've got swords, we've got a gun. That's <laughs> Oh, yeah, there you go. It's in a safe where anyone fucking says anything. It's a nice gun. Yeah. I'm happy. I've got like a little air rifle collection. I like it's skulls as well. But... There's a skull that shows up and I do. Oh yeah, there's like a like an ornamental skull on the side and we both shut up about that one as well because we both own like an ornamental Crystal skull. Crystal skull vodka in my case, I've got an excuse, which is a great fucking vodka. We're not sponsored by Dan Aykroyd in any way, shape or form, but it's really good fucking vodka. To be fair, I've kept the bottle... That you, that you sent it's me. It was good. It's a good I fucking kept the bottle. But I'd take it. Um, it's a good bottle as well. Of course, Dan yeah. Aykroyd, it's got some mystical thing to it. Fucking. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I totally didn't fill it up with water and tried to convince someone else to drink some, thinking, like, pretending it was vodka. So the chuds themselves, you get a good look at them at this point. Uh, the stalker 
journalist gets killed quite unceremoniously. You see half his body um, being ripped in half. He gets dragged through like a sewer pipe, which, yeah, he's gone. It's just not bad. You get like a little glimpse of the uh, chud through that, which looks a lot different from the autopsied yeah. one. Like the autopsied one looks like a gremlin mixed with a zat who's undergone like Fallout style ghoulification and then fucked the chatterer from Hellraiser. <laughs> Have you seen Hellraiser? Thing with the teeth. I think we had, I think we had to watch it. No, we haven't done that yet. We are gonna because there's like ten of them, which is why we I, haven't I th- done it yet. I remember watching one of them with you. I just I love the first one, so there's a fair chance I just made you watch it anyway. Yeah, but with all that, Jason Bourne gets fucking killed. Bring the gun into the underground. Yeah, he get he gets fucking like unceremoniously like dragged through another kind of chamber in the sewer and again killed off screen but it's very like a it's a very like to me to you kind of tug of <laughs> war with chuckle brothers body yeah you see i've made a fucking superman it, 4 reference no one's getting a chuckle brothers reference there's some dickhead that might get a Chuckle Brothers reference. Look at British people listening to this. It's all Americans. No, none of them are going to fucking understand the Chuckle Brothers reference. To be fair, all the people that I know that listen to this are so, like, he, like they're your age or younger, so they won't understand, well, some of them won't understand the Chuckle Brothers reference. To be fair, I'm surprised you understood the Chuckle Brothers reference. The shit that was repeated when I was a little kid. Awful show. The people listening, Chuckle Brothers, is a fucking old boomer explanation here. It's it's like Laurel and Hardy, but shit. For all this, AJ Forson's ground meth eaten by a chud. Uh, they traverse through the sewers, and AJ gets the big opening reveal of the, the proper chuds. You see them in all their glory. Um, and they look... I don't want to say terrible. They're not. They're not awful. They're actually quite interesting. They've got kind of car headlight eyes going on, like in uh, Puka. They've got greenish skin. They look like zats that have had LEDs shoved in their eyes. I don't know. It's see. Uh, <clears throat> I watched it on Amazon Prime, and I don't know if it was just maybe the screen I was watching it on, or maybe it just the time of day, but I couldn't get a proper look at them like I could see the glowing eyes or whatnot, or whatever the fuck they were going for but like everything else was just kind of pitch black for me until I saw um, AJ kind of like recoil and then fuck off into the distance. Oh you get you get a good look at them which is probably a mistake to be fair because it's you know, one million you ain't getting an amazing looking shard they, they're, they're decent what I expect but it's no demons. The special effects are nowhere fucking near the caliber of demons. Another thing, why the hell did he go towards them? Like, he spots them, you can see his eyes bulging and he's terrified, and then he starts going towards them. And then runs off after they've spotted him. Like, I'd say running off, first port of call there, mate. I don't know, I see, like, alien fucking things worshipping and I, I leave. I think it. I, I, this is going to make me sound like a massive dick, 
and to be honest, I couldn't give a fuck. But if I just say a normal homeless person, I usually cross the street. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to have the awkward conversation. Like, do you have any change? Like, yes, but I'm going to pretend that I don't. Sorry, get on with my day. Have a good one. You're not going to have a good one. Bye bye. So, I, yeah, uh, like if if any if any kind of situation where someone or something weird's happening or something it's like homeless people, those weird. Outsiders that you don't want to have to deal with. Yeah, I spend a lot of my time inside. <laughs> about the big issue occasionally? I've uh, I've got my middle class guilt in check. Mate, so someone tried to sell me a big issue once. I know this is very off topic, but someone tried to sell me a big issue once. I paid for it, and they didn't give me the big issue. So fuck them and everything they stand for. They get money for everyone's salt as well. I got to like give so much over. I know. Yeah. And yeah, uh, within their Chuds Revealed. I mean, Google one if you want. Oh, yeah, I'll I mean, You see them chat. in their full glory, to be fair, with Lauren getting attacked. Like, full, horrible Zat-like glory. Um, because, yeah, Lauren gets attacked. She goes into the sewers for some reason because there's a sewer entrance in her basement. Fuck knows why. And why you go into the sewer and find a dead dog, which is presumably Bosch's wife's dog. Oh, fuck yeah, yeah. These are ugly bastards. Like, they... Alright. Okay, now I'm even more lost about the second oh, one. Oh yeah, the second one like has nothing but, to do with these. They look nothing alike. Nowhere close. To be fair, they look like... Uh, it's not Vincent. Is it Vinny? The fucking homeless guy that gets bitten. Yeah. Uh, no, it's Vincent. The, se- it the Vincent. second... Yeah. So the the ones in the second one look a bit more like him. But I thought that was more like a this is like a temporary thing until they turn into the giant glowy eyed fucks that I see right in front of me. Yeah, because I don't have enough money in the second film to actually pay for Yeah, they've... they're just like, ah, oh, we're, we're going to put like white face paint and put dark circles. Spent all their money on uh, cameos to ruin people's career. Oh, yeah, you've got you've got some. Oh, yeah, I've, I've got like so, uh, people we'll to fucking that. name and shame. When we get to that, uh, but yeah, with this jumping, I suppose it's the George storyline. George and AJ kind of traversing through the series at this point. Lauren uh, is attacked by a chud in her own apartment after like sticking a coat hanger down a bathroom faucet and having blood spat out. I don't know if that's some sort of coat yeah. hanger abortion joke. Yeah, I genuinely thought they were gonna go there, like like she'd pull the coat hanger back out and like stab herself or something, and they were going to work that into it. Thank fuck they didn't, because that would have been horrible. But, yeah. Never explain. Right, so she sticks a coat hanger into the plug because it's like not letting any water down. And then it's like something explodes that's full of blood inside the plug hole, and she is covered from like head to toe in blood. And then next scene... Just goes to someone else, and I don't think she calls anyone. It's like, hey, fucking uh, landlord. I don't know if you've noticed, but like my plug exploded earlier, and um, I'm covered in blood, and my bathroom's covered in. Do you want to send someone up to 
nothing. I don't see any of that happening. Do no, you? I mean, she basically just gets on with her day and ends up fighting the chud. <laughs> She's like, all right, I'm going to have to have another fucking shower. The best all fucking right. tenant you could ask Area. for, really. And then just carries on with her day. Yeah, and then she uh, fucking battles a chud one-on-one. Which is fun. It's a really great sequence. Like, she blinds it. She ends up cutting its head off with a fucking katana that they have in the house for some reason. Like a saber. It's just sitting around. Um, in that one, I am going to pick a point with because it's a nice apartment. And why would either of them have a fucking saber lying around? But with the fun stuff. Uh, John Goodman. In a diner. In his first ever role. Yeah. All right, so John Goodman's a great actor. Nothing against him. He's a bit creepy in this. He's basically, like, he's in a diner. There's a woman behind the counter, like, can I refill your coffee? Clearly having a shit day. And him as a cop is like, yeah, you can touch my cock, basically. He doesn't outright say you can touch my cock, but it's the kind of vibe he was going for. Yeah, he's he's being very undude-like. Victor turns into a chud, mentioned earlier. Um, Victor just starts transitioning, uh, attacks George. This is where AJ and George really jump in, and AJ pushes an old woman over. She generally like shits in her diaper and has a heart attack on the way down and dies. Yeah, doesn't doesn't George shoot? Shoots Victor. Victor, Victor. Yeah, shoots Victor in the chest. It shoots him in the head, and that kills the chud. The gunshot to the chest doesn't kill it. Has a second breath, horror style, then shoots it. Oh, yeah, yeah, because it does a fake out, doesn't it? Yeah. Alright, so two gunshots. Still. Barely, yeah. And then he's overpowered Um, by an old woman. Yeah. Who is turning into a chud. Old woman kind of shows up and fucking hits him. Um, And then (laughs) AJ from behind with the win just like. Pushes her out. (laughs) (laughs) He just pushes her. And they and, ignore uh, her for like the rest of it. Yeah. Like she disappears off screen. She's no longer part of this film. She's dead as she's far just as like the somewhere. Game I've fallen and I can't get up. Or that whole what what was that? Yeah, maybe that's Fucking what it she's is. She's sitting on the ground maybe. trying to phone. Trying to remember the number for the uh, IT crowd. So it's one one no, one I know that off my fucking heart. I'll probably miss the digit there and some prick's going to tell me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to watch it back later and I'll be like, actually, <laughs> um, Yeah, um, talk about the plan quickly that Walter has of gassing the entire sewers to kill all the chuds, which is terrible. Uh, desperate to an extent, but not believably desperate, is A, one chud gets out, the whole plan's ruined. Because they can just reform chuds and you fucked again and a chud gets out into the apartment building so you've already failed uh there's sewer grates that they can't cover up like in the apartment building that the woman lives in so clearly they can get out anyway and there's sewer grates fucking everywhere in the city and of course if the plan is to blow up just a small block of new york it's just not a good idea it's going to be all over the news. You ain't going to cover that shit up. It's just an awful plan. Obviously, real on because John Goodman, uh, the whole diner scene. You know, I say scene. There's no like proper massacre part. 
which would have really, I think, tied this film together, having a proper chud slaughter. Maybe they just couldn't afford it, um, which, to be fair for the budget, yeah, I'm going to see. I'm just disappointed that it's not a chud slaughter. Yeah, I, I think in a horror film, you kind of expect it, like a at least a scene where there's like a gruesome murder, but I don't think literally all of this was like... Off-screen. Like, oh, off-screen death, like someone gets pulled directly off-screen, so it's just off to the right-hand side, and it's like, ah! So it watches like a screenwriter uh, who wrote books, mostly, is writing it, which is what it is. Is if, you, if you're writing, the interesting part isn't the fight scenes or the big massacre death scenes, it's the dialogue, and it's the into character monologues, the head stuff, um, which uh, this film focuses on, much to its detriment a lot of the time. Visually, it's a bit lacking, and that that's you know coming from a person who really does love it, uh, and loves its schlocky crap. It doesn't beat you over the head with the environmental message either. It really does. Like writing wise, it is on peak. It just doesn't have the proper focus in the areas it should have. Yeah. This is the best environmental film I think they've ever done. It helps that the only other one I can think of is fucking After Earth by Will Smith. Biodome. With um, Polly Shaw. There's a lot of shit environmental uh, films. This is this is a decent one. doesn't hit you over the head with it at any point. It does have that corporatist 80s style to it, which every fucking film in the 80s had, to be fair. I don't want one of those twats who gives like a theme to each year, like the 90s was all grimy and indie, <laughs> off the cuff, you know, anti-conformist, and the 70s was all protest, the 80s was ultra-capitalist. Uh, but yeah, to an extent, the film at least, the film industry thought so. A lot of the 80s stuff is anti-authoritarian, anti-consumer stuff. Uh, like, hmm. like Dawn of the Dead, 78, but I think it brings into this. Um, you've got Demons, a Robocop, Judge Dredd, all of it kind of pushes into that style, Total Recall. And this very anti capitalist, anti consumer stuff. Um, which, yeah, I mean, it's a fine message. The environmental stuff as well, it's not hit over the head because it's it's got a decent right behind it. It just doesn't have the film visuals that really needed to push it home as a horror film. So, I mean, the ending itself, there aren't any chuds involved, which is a real shame. It's just between characters, which again reads as very booky to me, rather than film like. Because I, I, I see, I see like, uh, like them trying to escape the sewers, being chased by chuds, and one has to sacrifice himself to the chud, you know, fight them off as Daniel Stern managed to escape as John Hurd slaughtered, and then he has to look after the baby or some shit. And that's even yeah, more yeah. schlocky. <laughs> you, you, get, you get a nice like time-based thing where every grate in the city is being stuck down by police cars. Tires landed on, which doesn't make sense in its fucking self because, as I said, there's like indoor sewer grate openings which you can't fucking close. I don't know if they've got like policemen yeah, sitting on I, them all. I don't know if it was a thing where... The, the governor or whatever the fuck he was was just like, you know what? I want to cause as much public damage <laughs> as I could possibly do. And he was like, we're going to fill the... We're going to fill 
our uh, sewers with gas. Fuck it, we'll throw a match down there as well. And then we're going to put all the cup cars on top of the exploding manhole covers when it eventually does go. This city's going to smell like then, shit for years. Yeah, the city's going to smell like shit for years. People's fucking toilets are going to explode. Their sinks are fucked. And it's just like, I couldn't give a fuck as long as no one sees the, like, you know, roaming corpses that are down there. Better off at some point saying, like, oh, fucking radiation turned these things into superheroes. You'd almost yeah. be better off. Just be like, uh, we, I don't know where they came from, but there's some creatures down there. Yeah, just, like, scrub away all the equipment. Just blow it up. Yeah, you are, you are literally, literally the law and order of that city. Who the fuck's going to find out? Homeless. Obviously. Scared of AJ. Like, yeah, the fucking homeless. That's what it is. A dude with a it doesn't. It doesn't go well for him uh, in the end either. And he does a very terrible job. He shoots a police captain, which is never going to be great. You're not going to be able to cover that. Yeah, he, sh- he shoots the police captain who does a fake out like, oh, I'm dead. Does get the um, grating open, though, to his credit. Yeah, he gets the great open for AJ and George. And then instantly gets shot in the back, falls over, and pretends to be dead. Yeah, uh, then uh, AJ and George. AJ, oh! Actually, the the governor is like driving around in like a a mini yeah, bus, mini van to sort fucking of thing. Ram them down. Yeah, he's just shot a policeman. He couldn't, I don't know, shoot two more people. No, he's. Uh, I actually don't know. He's, he's fucking given up and just gone mental. Yeah. He, so so he gets back into the minivan and he's like, "Well, I'm gonna run these cunts over." A, uh, AJ grabs the cap- the dead captain's gun from his waistband and then just opens fire. <laughs> oh, it's fucking cool. He like has a shoot-off and it goes into the window, fucking takes him out as the car's coming towards them. I love it. That That is not a problem. That That's a good scene in anything. But, bearing in mind... The dead cop is just in front of them. Yeah, granted, he should have took the gun out and should have just shot them. Uh, but then, then you can yeah. get the like standoff with the car coming towards them and then the shooting. Oh, oh no! I was more worried about the, oh, uh, the the dead cop getting ran over. He was, yeah. I mean, he wasn't actually dead, so I mean, he would have been if he got he hit d- by that. Fucking truck, dragged but... himself off into a corner. Whatever. It, it's gonna be what like a, a thirty-eight point thirty-eight bullet. Yeah, I thought it would. I thought it'd be like a thirty-eight caliber because it was. You can survive shit, that, so. depending on where it hit. Oh yeah, there's a lot of shit that you could survive. I'm just. I don't think a, a minibus going over his fucking face would have been one of them. Like, I like. I understand. Like, I understand surviving the gunshot. He could probably crawl away or whatnot. But it, I think. I think it might not be him playing dead. I think he's just, like, fainted or something from being shot. You know, I think it would, to be fair, a bit better if it had, if he had have died. Like, his wife's dead, and he gives his life to save AJ and George to get the story out. Yeah. That would have been 
better. Yeah, I would have been. I wouldn't have said. I wouldn't say okay if that was the ending, but I think I would have been more invested. Like, yeah. I, I think it would have been a better payoff if you know what I mean. Because in the end, it's like, oh yeah, my wife's dead, but good shot, good shot, AJ. <laughs> yeah, like That's seen his wife's fucking. Formless head just floating yeah, dis- around yeah, like a fucking apple in a dis- Halloween. Disembodied head bold. just floating in the edge of a fucking river. But Yeah. Uh and he just gives the thumbs up at the end there. Not awkward at all. Our heroes survive. All four of them. Uh I suppose we kinda of jumped around a bit, but the film does a bit. It has two different storylines going on concurrently. And it flicks between the two, ending up in a really nice third act. That's really damn solid. Um, I mean, I don't, I do, I'd recommend it. Uh, before we jump onto the second, and I get angrier. I'd ask, would you recommend watching through the first one at least? Because they have nothing to fucking do with each other, so we might as well do this now. Honestly, separately. as much as as much as I kind of zoned out or stopped paying attention to this film, it is actually a pretty decent one. From I don't know if that's because we've just been watching solely shit recently, and this was like a, oh, it's not too bad <laughs> kind of thing, or or what? I don't know, but I I'd I'd recommend this one. Yeah, I mean, if if you want something slight, I think a touch above your average uh, crappy eighties schlock horror, then I think this is the way to go. Bit of chud. It's a cult classic. Came out on Blu-ray. It's on Amazon for. It's free on Prime and at UK. Yeah. And I won't mention the second one. It's on Prime, but don't. Please don't. Yeah, jump into the second one then. In <laughs> a fucking headache. Can't be a hangover. I've had like five fucking cans of stuff before I started talking about this again because I wanted to forget it but failed to do so. So. Chud 2, and um, I've fucking we've said it already plenty of times, I was going to leave this as like a drum roll thing, because it's the dumbest fucking name ever for any sequel since like Electric 2 Boogaloo. Bud the Chud. Which retard came up with that as a rhyme scheme? I don't know. Well, he's a chud, and his name was Bud, so... It was like... His name is Buck, and he likes... Do you know that whole... But... But the, the whole thing I said um, during the Cat People where they came up with the title before the actual film. I have a feeling this is the same, but in this case they came up with the film and then realised, oh shit, this is a pile of crap. We're not going to be able to sell this to anyone. What random franchise can we tack on to this? And well, Chud did alright. Morons will buy this if we put the fucking Chud meme after it. And they went, yeah, that'll work. What fucking rhyme scheme can we put on? Because we're talentless hacks. That need to think we're in any way fucking worthwhile in our lives. And I've never satisfied a fucking woman before. I just I fucking I hate just, these people. I wanna ask this question before we get too deep. You said that the first soundtrack the soundtrack the first one was amazing and it was one of the best or whatnot. Oh, it was terrible. How about this soundtrack? Fucking awful. I had to listen on Spotify for a bit. The first soundtrack's on Spotify for anyone listening, um, I more than recommend it. I, I like listening to a few of them. The soundtrack of Demons is great. 
Yeah, classic. But I hate the theme song so much. It drives me fucking mental. Yeah, I just, I just, I, I just YouTubed it because I forgot that it was like. <sighs> right, so we did watch it like four hours ago, and I had forgotten how incredibly like eighties it was. There's like guitar riff in it, and it's very simple, like de 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 de. <laughs> I mean, you get it's, it interspersed um, through, uh, and you get like snippets of it whenever Bud comes on screen. And uh, from the first scene that Bud came in, and that riff came on, I don't remember. If, I don't know if you remember what I said, but it was. I swear to God, if this comes in every time he pops up, and lo and fucking behold, yeah, it was yeah, it was literally the first scene that he was in, and it, it was uh. It had that very droll kind of buh, 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 with the guitar fucking theme, which didn't fit the entire film. And it, he basically went, as if this is every time that he's on screen, I'm fucking done. And then, lo and behold, literally every scene that he was in, that same theme tune was on. God, that's like the elevator music to hell. I was just uh, that came in, and then I heard it go bud the chud, and oh Jesus fucking Christ! They made it a theme song. It's awful. It's absolutely dreadful. Uh, going through cast and crew. <laughs> oh, I feel bad for. No, I don't feel bad for the guy. Fuck him. Director of this by the name of David Irving. Uh, David Irving, not the British one for anyone. Like vaguely in the know, the anti-Holocaust, the Holocaust denier, lizard people, fucking insane person. He has worked on Rumble Stilt Skin, uh, Emperor's New Clothes, American director, and uh, Night the Cyclone, which is a uh, Night the Cyclone is the only film of the three that was made post Chud Two, Bud the Chud. Because he's a talentless hack, and after he's made Chud 2, no one wanted to work with him again. And he's made documentary shorts since then. Thank fuck. Yeah, that's fair. He also uh, hadn't seen the original Chud before making this film, which who'd have guessed? Yeah, I. Uh, writers, uh, or writer, Ed nah- Naha? Naha? Go with that. Uh, who worked on the Honey I Shrunk the Kids TV show. Uh, dolls, uh, troll. Which it, if you seen, have you had a troll too? Usually the one people have heard of more than troll. That uh, they're eating us, then they're gonna eat me. Yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. god! Yeah, that one. Uh, Spellcaster, and the sequel to Honey I Shrunk the Kids, Honey I Blew Up the Kid. Presumably, the previous one to uh, Honey I'm getting divorced because I blew up our fucking kids. <laughs> I think it's like they get bigger. They like blow up as in like blow yeah, shit. They I, didn't like Al Qaeda yeah. style blow the fuckers up. He didn't join ISIS, send them into an airport, exploding them. Seven seven bombings all over again. Uh, Cast wise, naming and fucking shaming some people I used to respect. <laughs> I'm not going to go over everyone because there's a lot of people who are in a lot of different sitcoms that were quite big at the time that I've never heard of. I just know are fairly fairly decent. Uh, the ones I actually know, though, I am going to name at the end of like this list. Starting off with Robert Vaughan, uh, who plays Colonel Ribs Masters, who's not a 
WWE wrestler, unbelievable, uh, who was in a series called The Man From Uncle, which they made a film version of relatively recently. Like 2015, I think, which is as bad as it sounds. It's like a spy thing, Cold War era. Uh, he was in The Magnificent Seven, the original 1970, 1960 version. It had an Eli Wallach in it, so I'm bordering on the late 60s, I think. And Superman 3, uh, again, the original lot. Uh, then you've got Garrett Graham, who plays Bud the Chud, who in Charles Play 2... Uh, used cars, greetings, and chopping mall, which I think we've seen as well. I think I forced you to watch that one. Yeah, you've you forced me to watch chopping mall. Yeah. Uh, Trisha Lay Fisher. <laughs> what cunt called her kid Trisha to rhyme with her last name Fisher? What a douche. Trisha Fisher. Unless that's like a Hollywood name. Your parents are pricks. Uh, who plays Katie in this? Who was in a film called Pretty Smart Hostile Intentions and something about old women? Brian Robbins, who. I think his name was Steve. I've just put mullet prick in my notes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it suits. It's fine. Like Karma has hit this kid like a bitch. After this film, he was in Norbit, which is a terrible Eddie Murphy comedy. Meet Day, which is a terrible Eddie Murphy comedy, and Good Burger, which is a terrible SNL comedy. Wait, Good Burger is that? Isn't that like Keenan and Kel? Yeah, yeah, that was Keenan. Yeah. They did a um, film, which was awful. Oh, yeah, I know that they did a film. It was just, uh, I remember watching that as a kid. It was fucking, like, I thought it was the bee's knees back then. Fuck me, I said bee's knees. What the fuck? <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> okay, Grandpa. We'll go through the rest. Um, Actually, talking about fucking old people, the reference you've got, Larry Linville, the first named and shamed, who was in M.A.S.H., yeah. Uh, a classic series, I won't begrudge it. It's up there with some of the best Vietnam content up there with like Platoon and um, Deer Hunter. Amazing series. And he was in... He was getting drunk, to be fair. He was on a lot of alcohol. Yeah, during, I wouldn't fucking blame him. Shot too, so I'm, I'm blaming him less than I'm blaming... First, Rich Hall, which I think was when we started actually looking for people, because I thought, is that fucking Rich Hall? Sitting there with a mullet back in the 80s, um, who, if you don't know, is a comedian uh, in this country. He's done some Live at the Apollo stuff, I think. Um, and he's been on Mock the Week occasionally. He's really funny on it, and QI a lot. A uh, really funny guy of the American low come down. Mm. Why he was in this, the most pointless cameo imaginable. Yeah, I don't. Uh... I know he gets bitten and turned into a chud at some point, but I don't remember seeing him in any other scene. No, I think that was uh, in the barbershop, and then he's fucking gone. Yeah. Some monologue about barbershops and people going to the mall to get their hair cut. Yeah, for $15 or some shit, and I'm like... In a small town, who the fuck's paying $15 to... In the 80s, that's a lot of money. And Birmingham costs a fair chunk, like... 17 quid, some of the places. I, I pay Turkish barber £8. I, I don't pay anyone. I do my own fucking shaving. Yeah, that's why I only shave like fucking once a year, but still. <laughs> uh, yeah, and third on the name and shame list, we've got Robert Ungland, who, <laughs> credit, genuine credit, what I've put here. 
man in trench coat walking with trick-or-treaters, which is nowhere near as bad as it sounds. To be fair, he is in it for a mercifully short amount of time. He was probably like, this film's going to be shit, so... uh..." Yeah, I just put me in like a 10 second segment. I just love that, that credit there. It makes him <clears throat> sound like a child molester. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't mention any other part of his clothes, so he might be wearing nothing <laughs> underneath that trench coat. It sounds like a flasher that's going around and is going to like grab a kid and put it under the trench coat and run away. Slightly whiplash style. Terrible. Um, so, budget and box office. Uh, I couldn't find the budget and box office. Properly. What I can find is when the DVDs were re-released in 2016 on Blu-ray, uh, they made $113,000, which is a travesty. Just Chud 2, which is fucking depressing. Uh, trivia-wise, so the posters had the creatures looking like Chuds from the original film with the manhole cover and everything. Should try to tease this, which is heinous, actually. Um, and it's just a borderline fucking scamming people, I think. Like the name, is this is just a scam film. Feels like a scam, and it is a scam. Um, yeah. And they couldn't coast on the actual film because these things don't look like chuds. Nothing to do with chud in this. Uh, and again, this one is some level of conjecture, but this is originally going to be touted as a Return of the Living Dead sequel, which makes a lot of sense. It it plays like a Return of the Living Dead sequel. Yeah, it kind of has that we're trying to be funny and not kind of essence to it. Well, Return of the Living Dead I like. Um, oh yeah, I'm not saying that Return of the Living Dead I don't like, it's just this this was very much like here's a joke. Okay, that, that didn't land, but here's another one. Oh, that one that one didn't land either. Here's another one. Like, it, it felt like a scattershot of shit jokes. And none of them hit. I should probably jump in through that and to try to explain the kind of jokes that they, the caliber we're talking with, playing with it. Uh, so first thing first, the title screen. I hate it. I don't think I've ever mentioned that in any review we've done. I hate the first fucking frame of this film. <laughs> the title screen. And you mentioned it yeah. straight away, like the whole munching. The title screen is like crunched away in some awful paint, like. It looks yeah. like Microsoft PowerPoint are dissolving using that. It's terrible. You know how children draw like bite marks on on stuff. Yeah. That very like, oh, it's a cloud, but it's only like half a cloud because you know teeth work that way. Um, it's basically like five or six like massive chunks of the word chud has been bitten. I wouldn't mind if it was like oh, like. Bud gets bit bit enough. Chud gets bit enough. Like the D get whatever. But I was gonna say the D gets bitten. But um, no, ignore that. Uh, but it's very like MS Paint looking shit. And I know it's it's the eighties, so that was probably like, oh my god, that's the fucking best shit ever. But I don't know. Just it seemed really shit when we looked back and watched it. Yeah, no, it, it's fairly miserable. Enough for me to mention it. It's just, it's so amateurish. And with that as well, this film originally um, was going to be released to cinema. <laughs> Fuck, it wasn't. It looks like a straight-to-DVD garbage film. 
there's plenty we've covered on this show that didn't go to cinema at all, which still have the cinematic feel to it, still have a film level quality to it. Um, this doesn't. It looked like a fucking VCR straight to film garbage. I don't know if it was Amazon. It was the quality they got. Usually they're pretty decent, so I'm I'm gonna put my money on no. It wasn't them, and it's the film being terrible. Yeah, I'm gonna guess it was that as well. But so I think everyone knows my stance on really shit films at this point. Yeah. Um. For this one, it it was a, a small roller coaster for me. I think I mentioned it earlier, but I started off kind of. Having high hopes, I saw the very shit, grainy quality of it, and was like, "Okay, this is going to be good." Um, it very quickly went down by a metric fuck ton because mullet prick, um, which is what I'm affectionately going to call him from now on. Um, it <laughs> skyrocketed where he kicked the dog off. Landing, <laughs> jumped back down again, and then it kind of coasted at that plateau of shit up until towards the end, where it kind of, I think I hit a level of like, all right, I've been in this shit for about twenty thirty minutes at this point. I might as well just enjoy it. I've gotten used to the smell, so I started having fun with it again version of tolerance into complacency. Yeah, it it affectionately yes, that is exactly what that is. Yeah, I'm not I'm not that nice to these things. This was just miserable. I hated every minute of watching this. Um I say this like almost every fucking week, but this is the worst thing we've ever watched. I hated this so much with every fibre of my being. Yeah, I, I, I there's nothing worse than a bad comedy. Nothing more miserable than something trying to be funny and failing. Yeah. Like uh, any other... There's no fucking so bad it's good film that you'll find in the comedy genre because it's miserable to sit I, th- I think maybe you've mentioned it. Um, and it was... Uh, if you can make a decent comedy, you're most, most likely to make a decent horror film. Yeah. I don't think the person that directed this knew how to make a decent film. No, he can't do either. Like, I, I don't. I yet to think he can dress himself, let alone make a film. Don't get me wrong. I'm not the funniest person on the planet. I'm very fucking droll most of the time, and I can I cannot tell a joke to save my fucking skin. But I feel like I could have landed some of the jokes. Not even some of the jokes that he specifically told in this film, but like I could have made up better ones on the fly than he actually wrote down for it, this sort of thing. I know that's like technically the script writer's no, problem. No, yeah. I, I, it's both. The director has to learn how to tell a joke. He has to know timing. And fucking Stephen Hawking would have better timing than this prick. They have a better tone of voice to tell a joke than this talentless hack. To to be fair, I've actually heard Stephen talk and tell a joke and it was actually pretty funny, so <laughs> Yeah, I heard a conspiracy theory that um 
he wasn't dead. He he died like ten years ago, and they just kept his corpse like a weekend at Bernie's situation, and they just like posted like, words for him to say. Someone found out, so let's kill the project. That's something <laughs> that was going around. Like they they were gonna apparently originally use him to uh, pause it off neo Nazi <laughs> fucking propaganda. Oh fuck! Mate. Yeah, that's a thing that went round. I like conspiracy theories; they're all fucking mental. Uh, another thing I want to quickly get out of the way before we like jump into it. This is just the general idea of suspension of disbelief. I get into a lot of arguments uh, around where about suspension of disbelief, where people bring up shit like Lord of the Rings, like orcs are running around and all this stuff. Why is that allowed? But fucking X Y Z isn't. Uh, Suspension disbelief, it's not a it's not an absolute concept. You can't take the same level of suspension disbelief from one film and posit over another. The general idea is that you put forward a universe, you put forward an idea of rules, stipulations. This is the general consensus of what happens within this place. And then you stick within that. And at any point that you fall outside of those rules that you've already set up, you suspend disbelief and you fail at telling a good story. Generally speaking, the universe you're going to set up is our own, with a couple stipulations here and there. And in Chud to Bud the Chud, they're setting up our universe with with Bud the Chud. Added in. Uh, the problem being that everyone in this film's fucking retarded nothing makes sense at any point the army is incompetent to the point of not hilarity but bemusement confusion anger I th- I'm going to go with anger it's so useless it's infuriating it's just awful the writing in this is dreadful I did start with the first fucking scene where the doctor goes around carrying a syringe on a fucking pillow pad like he's going to offer it to some ancient Mesopotamian god in an altar downstairs. What was that? Yeah, I I think I brought this up as well. It, like, I, I understand, like, you have to carry around... Uh, well, I don't know if they do. Actually, I, I genuinely don't think they do this. But he carried a single syringe full of... Orange liquid. Yeah, like an orange-green liquid. And he carried it around on a tray. But, I like, genuinely, I thought that those syringes came with, like, a little plastic lid or cap to cover the needle. So, no, you can't walk into someone and stab them with the needle. Well, yeah, you can't, like... It's the 80s. You don't, like, run around stabbing them with AIDS. Yeah, what what is the actual tray for? Is that to beat the patient over the head in case they get rowdy? Didn't work. Yeah, no, he died instantly. <laughs> Not bitten though, presumably. I presume just kick the crap out of. He doesn't come back at any point. He doesn't attack the rest of the staff, which is inconsistent in itself, and something I've only just thought of. I without the chud. Uh, Bud isn't tied down at all either, and they wake him up for him to immediately attack the staff. I mean, why don't you tie him up? Then, he, now, he, he just gets up and immediately kills someone. 
is that not what's expected to happen? And then the fucking the army are staging a talk about what chemical weapons to use in the building, unless that's like a really bad transition. No, it was the actual. It's the actual hospital where they're getting rid of Chud. Uh, is where they're having this biochemical warfare chat, and uh, it's very, it's very instantaneous. Like, uh, like as soon as Chud gets up and kills that doctor with the the needle, um, everyone in that room is like, oh. He's about to escape. Let's all run down the corridor to this fucking cannibal thing. And it's very instantaneous. No one's like... Yeah, it, it transitions like immediately to them marching on the place. Spurts. There's no panic. There's no running around. There's nothing there. Um, I, I hasten to not want to jump past the dialogue. Because the dialogue in this point is atrocious. The first one is quippy and really funny at times, really great. This one, it's terrible. Shit like shows spunk, talking about the chud. I hate that word. No, no army general is going to use that fucking word. And what is it? Small glitch with cannibalistic side effects. Yeah, it's a, yeah. He's not a, he's not a program. Small glitch with cannibalistic, it's called a chud, mate. I mean, already it's not underground or a dweller. You're already missing 50% of the fucking title. You've only got the C and the H left. Cannibalistics makes up, at this point, like half its identity. It's humanoid, sure. Don't take away that part as well. Oh, and yeah, he goes to attack the Chud with a riding crop. I don't, I'm like picking every point every second here, but it really needs to be laid waste to. Why do you have a riding crop that you're going to attack the guy with? In my head, it was like a classic 1880s, you know, Zulu-style sergeant going in to press the troops to charge. The fucking battlements! Stupid. Was it then? They just um, they they find the child who's killed the researcher, doctor who offered him a fucking plate syringe that's been destroyed. God knows what was in it, and they is it nitroglycerin? I'm presuming. I'd imagine so. Nitroglycerin, the chud. They they oh. basically fire fire extinguishers at the fucking prick and yeah. Apparently... Or some guy shouts, "Get him, get him, get him!" Yeah, and basically leave a frozen statue of a chud in the middle of a a <laughs> what I assume is an active hospital. Uh, they leave him in the center of like an aisle. They just leave him in the mm. corridor, and they're like, "All right, job's done. Let's just leave." Yeah, a little fucking positivity here, a little story about nitroglycerin. My uh, granddad was an engineer, um, did some work in Russia, did work all around. Uh, he went to a factory once where they had, um, is it nitro- it's not nitroglycerin, that's the bomb, isn't it? What am I thinking of? Um, nitro, what's the fucking cold one? I'm annoyed now. The gold one? Li- just, it's just liquid nitrogen, isn't it? Yeah. That's the name. Liquid nit- not nitroglycerin, that's the bomb. Liquid nitrogen. He uh, he worked with liquid nitrogen within an engineering factory and found that there was a guy who was taking bets on how long he could leave his hand in and take it out. Like if you, if you go in and out, you can leave it in for like 
half a second, a second, and you'll be fine if you just like dip it in and out. I don't know, just a fun random tangent. Because people in the fifties had their fucking safety protocol. Uh, yeah, Chud is taken to a disease control center, which one of the fucking I think you point out what are the army guys hadn't heard of. How? Oh yeah, someone doesn't know what the CDC is, and I was trying to figure out how someone in the military doesn't know what the fucking CDC is. I think he's he's just expecting the people who watch Chud to Bud the Chud are Bud absolute Chud. morons trying to relate to them. Us, more or less. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, on that, uh, presuming that the audience are complete morons, no security is given to Chud at any point during this section where he's in the hospital frozen or the next section. He has just got no like guards around him, this you know weapon of mass destruction that could destroy the world. Not even a lock on his fucking door. Yeah, right, so... Just a quick, like, little side tangent. So, uh, Mullet Prick and Specky Twat. Um, yeah. They, their university that they go to, somehow they made it into a university. Um, oh, it's not a university, it's a high school. Oh, high school? Okay. Yeah. All right. Apparently their high school has gotten a corpse from a local, like, uh, old people's home that has just recently died, and they're allowed to dissect it. Uh, so they get um, put in detention and they push the corpse that is supposed to be dissected for the day after. Because that's just left out in a basement. Yeah, not even in like a cooling area. They're just going to let it decompose in their like storage area. Um, they push that out of the door of like a... It's like I, a... It's like a, a, a delivery entrance. Yeah, it's like a large like gated entrance. Um, they push it out of that and basically weakened at Bernie's chase that corpse on the gurney down a street. I chase is um I think giving too much. Um Yeah, okay, so too they trip generosity over there, too generous. They trip over themselves a little and then Well they give up on it is the problem. Yeah. And they go, What's easier? Is it easier to chase this corpse on a gurney a little bit further down the road or break into the local disease control centre research and take a corpse from them? Which will give me a federal fucking crime to commit? Which is gonna give me a criminal record for the rest of my life and a jail sentence probably for the rest of my life? I'll I'll go with breaking and entering rather than just walking down the road and taking the body that will slow down eventually or hit something. It comes up at like the end of the fucking film. The little sister sees it. Which logistically doesn't work. Yeah. I know it's for a little joke, but the fuck you. It doesn't it doesn't work at all. Yeah. It can't reverse uphill, mate. It's on a gurney. This entire film could have been circumvented if these people weren't brain dead and just went after it. And it's not even fun. I know what they're trying to go for. They're trying to go for like Bill and Ted, like two moron protagonists with little to no sense. Um, but these people aren't idiots. One of them's like a straight A student, so it doesn't even work as a stoner type. It it doesn't even work on that branch of sciency people who don't have any awareness of social cues or street smarts, like um. With science, give us in that. Mm-hmm. 
classic classic film i fucking love it but it knows its characters and it has flaws on them that it actually exploits they're not lazy twats who can't walk down the fucking street or is that even if they are it's easier to walk down the street than it is to break into a top secret government fucking base the protagonist isn't funny either they try to write quips for him and it's just painful yeah this like i think it's at this point where i was kind of like physically defeated or mentally defeated by this film um the only good actor in it is bud and i'll i'll give him all the fucking you know credit in the world for taking this god awful script and really having as much fun with it as possible the chud is decent well, he's not good but he's clearly doing the best he can yeah, I probably wouldn't even give him that much credit, to be fair. Um, so they, they've they broken into this fucking CDC, basically, and taken this body. No, 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 don't, don't fucking let's skip over that. They find a body in a glass tube. Yeah. Um, which, if you find a body in a disease control, a disease research centre in a glass tube, fucking, like, weaponised AIDS, I don't know, smallpox, Chlamydia. Fuck knows what's on that. Ebola. Why would you touch it? Yeah, I... Again, they're not very clever. Like... Yeah, they are. They've got fucking straight-A student. And they've found scrubs. They stole that somewhere. Yeah, they just turn up in the fucking room and they're like, let's take this one. Um, At least in Frankenstein, the, the original. Um... Back in 1930, fuck knows, I can't remember it, but you had Igor go in to get a brain, picks up the murderous brain, obviously, rather than the uh, good one. It's in a university hall, and university professors are competent, and security in universities compared to fucking hospitals is balls-dolls incompetent, and it's just a brain. In the 30s, so they can fucking get it. But in the 80s, in a government-controlled lab, no fucking way these kids are getting it, and you wouldn't want to. So they bring the fucking corpse home, and they try and... I am genuinely... Uh, I'm trying to figure out if they're trying to be smart, or they're just fucking retards, or what. They're trying to be funny, the scriptwriter. Yeah, so basically they bring the corpse back to Mullet Prick's house where his mum and dad are sitting watching TV. Um, They're like, we're going to take him down to the basement, but the dog's sitting on the fucking stairs. Um, They decide to go against that and bring it back upstairs while one distracts the parents while they watch fucking seals and penguins and shit on the TV. The dad keeps asking questions like, do you know what that Do is? And you know he goes, snow, is. snow. Like, uh, they don't know what the fuck snow is. Um, or salmon, or mistakes. Or a seal, yeah. seals. <clears throat> I don't know if that's trying to be funny. Yeah. It's, it's just tiring. I should mention as well that I think the mom wants to fuck Kevin. Yeah, I, I think that's a subplot that probably got taken back out. She, there's so many comments. Is Kevin staying for dinner? Kevin, what do you think of yeah, this? Yeah, do you want to Kevin's stay for so the great. Kevin? I wish our son was Kevin. I, I'm pretty sure, like, 
I was going to say Stacy's mom, probably the wrong way of putting it, wrong direction. The graduate, um, Mrs. Robinson, probably more appropriate. Uh, this is where the dogs kicked as well, right? Yeah, they take it back upstairs and the dog follows and then mullet prick full on Sparta kicks. It. Yeah, full on <laughs> Sparta kicks this dog down the stairs. Psychopath. Um, and they do a whole it's alive thing. Like, it's Frankenstein. They put a body in, they put Bud the Chud. Go, well, first things first, talk about the room they decide to hide the body in, which is the bathroom, the communal bathroom that everyone's going to go into at some point, rather than, let's say, under his fucking bed. Because this film needs it to go into the water at some point. The screenplay needs that to happen, so they do something entirely illogical so the story can continue because the writer's a fucking hack. And so they, they shove it in the bathroom. They use a hairdryer to mask their conversation, talking about what they're going to do with this thing. It it gets resurrected in the most asinine... Like a, a hairdryer falls into the bath, brings it to fucking life, Frankenstein style. Yeah. And um, there's a whole lot of it's alive and we're going to be fucking... We're going to get A's in our, in our biology test because we've created life and all that shit. Like, you, you stole no. a body from the CDC. You couldn't think maybe, possibly, it's something to do with them. Yeah, it's not. We're going to get A's for resurrecting something because we shoved a hairdryer in with a corpse and it came to life. Yeah, he was like, he was saying maybe it's the mixture of what's in the bubble bath and a hairdryer. Like, like I'm fucking stupid, but I'm not that stupid. Yeah, what's going to happen? You're going to bring it to a fucking t- TV studio, say what happened... They're going to laugh at you. The CIA is going to take winning. You're going to be executed. You're going to be killed. You're going to be in Guantanamo Bay getting waterboarded the rest of your fucking life. And you're going to desert... Well, not with this incompetent CIA. The most useless, pathetic excuse for an army ever. But we'll get to that. Oh, right. Carry on. They resurrect it. And it's, um, I don't know, hampered, weakened for a little bit. No reason given. I suppose it's just been resurrected. Uh, and they leave it in the basement to go get a burger. I wish I was making this up. To go get a beef burger. And Bud starts walking around the house because they didn't restrain it either, even though it can move. Um, and overflows the toilet, which I think is because the wife puts makeup in it. Like, tries to flush makeup in it. I, I, the second time watching, the first time I was just confused. The second time, it's brought up that she tries to flush makeup down. Yeah, Is that I, meant to be funny? I, I don't know. I heard the dad say you fl- someone flushed their toys down there, but I didn't think it was her flushing her fucking makeup. No, it's like toiletries, like makeup stuff. Like, Is that meant to be funny? I think they intend it to be, but it's not. They do a Little Humphrey Bogart, haven't smoked a day in my life, my mother. It it just falls completely flat. I said, I, I fucking hate reviewing these. And I hadn't watched this before I decided we're going to do Chud. Um, because bad comedies, it's not fun to review. It's not fun to walk through. They're just not fun for anyone. Yeah. If you find it funny, I'm not going to convince you otherwise. And you're going to hate me for saying all this shit. If you don't find it funny, you already know what I'm talking about. 
and I'm just preaching to the choir and it's miserable for everyone. I'm ruining your fun either way. And it's not fun for us either. We're there with you. We're hating every minute of this shit. Uh, I, I just dialogue I want to bring up again. The dad says that he's going to kill the kid. He's going to kill his child. Yeah. Because he won't get into construction. Which also isn't funny. If I can bring him into this world, I can take him out of it. That shit. They did that in um, Hot Fuzz with the Doctor, but that was actually amusing because the guy was about to shoot Danny in the fucking face. So it had the, you know, the literal threat behind it. And that's what made it funny. Because the Doctor's trying to kill you. In this, it's just a little abusive. Uh, oh yeah, Bud finds a picture of Katie and there's a really disgusting not subplot um motivation yeah it, bud it, how, how old would you do you think bud is like his 30s 40s yeah i'd imagine his 30s it's got a very leonardo dicaprio vibe to it it's just fucking creepy yeah like i guess he wants to bust a child in a there you go that's no. my second pun for the night that's awful yep like these films um, made me laugh more than the fucking film. <laughs> there you go. That's fucking terrible. I wrote a better joke than that fucking. Uh, yeah, but that it's it's genuinely disgusting, and there's a weird amount of like pedophilia parallels in this film that you can make. Mm-hmm. A creepy number of them. I think a lot of them were unintentional, like cat people. But you don't have the benefit of it was the forties. Uh, right, so gonna have to talk about the ADR as well. If you got to this shit, the ADR in this is awful. The sound editing is terrible. The sound mixing is absolutely dreadful. I, I don't know if you got it the first time round, um, but you you kind of become hyper aware of this when you go deaf. Sound kind of comes through in a weird way, quite loudly. Uh, and the music in this is really fucking loud uber ridiculously loud compared to everything else it's a nightmare uh, and the adr generally is awful especially the sound effects i don't i don't think there's ever a scene in this film where someone's talking normally in a film it sounds like every scene in this film has some kind of adr over it yeah it's, it's the sound effects are the most egregious by far like the crunching and the yeah and the, the slurping. very like obvious like mm, kind of swallowing sound like fuck off. I mean, is is we'd like to do advice for people. This is for filmmakers specifically. If you're going to do ADR of swallowing, don't show your fucking creature walking out and clearly not swallowing. Do it when he's still in the bushes, or just don't do it. I think we kind of get the impression he's taken like a person behind a bush to numb on their ass so you don't have to do the whole crunch dog dog in this case or dog whatever more about the writing we get this other way now uh the apb is awful that they put an apb on um the car that the girl's driving which culminates in one fucking limo driving around with one colonel uh a scientist and a driver and that's it you never see like a party going out to try to find these people and you know this weapon of mass destruction that's running around. No one gives a shit. 
because this film doesn't understand how anything works. Yeah. Uh, they don't even leave someone to kind of watch if the kids come back or to take, if they take the car or any of that. It's literally just like, well, if you see them, give us a call. Bye. And we're just going to drive around town and hope we see them, I guess. Yeah, I think I'd be less inclined to point all this out if it weren't for the fact that this is a sequel to Chud, which was very grounded mm-hmm. and specifically went through like paperwork after paperwork and up the chain of command and had you know scenes where he said to have people on the street corners, two to every corner, four to every uh, subway tunnel. This, it just throws it all out the window and doesn't give a fuck. Right, so talk about the adventures of Bud the Chud, the woman. Which is like the beginning of the, the worst fucking scene in the film. So I, I, I want you, all of you as a fucking male, for all these fucking horror shows, they're always male. I want you to pick yourselves a woman for just a minute here. And you're in your house exercising to those bizarre 80s exercise tapes that no one ever fucking bought that are in every film ever. But that's what you're doing. You're on your own in your house. Uh, you have a cat. You don't have a boyfriend or anything like that. And you head outside to give the cat some food. You put the bowl out with the cat food in and you look up a little bit and you see some combat boots. Uh, and I'm going to give you a multiple choice here. Do you A, uh, immediately become infatuated and in love with the person who's in the combat boots and pour your fucking heart out to them? B, run in screaming, shut the door and find the police. Or C, punch them. Uh, congratulations if you chose A. You're just as retarded as the people who wrote this film. Yeah, basically she wants to bang Bud the Chud up until he smiles at her. And uh, she sees he's from a trailer park in Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that frightens her. She screams. He chews into her forehead, I assume. And then... She falls to the ground. But by the way, Bud the Chud at no point in this film can talk. Um, they ADR lines in, I think, like a f- proper fucking high doggy. Oh yeah, they, he says hi. They ADR hi in and shit like that. Um, but she she's like having a full on conversation, like trying to find where her cat is so she can numb she- that. Yeah, she finds his like name tag, says, what's your name? And then looks at that and goes, oh, your name's Bud. Like he's an idiot, but she still wants to sleep with him. Yeah. Um, in terms of looks as well, I know we, we already mentioned he doesn't look like the Chuds in the first film. Mm-hmm. So to a scan level, he doesn't look like them. Uh, the best thing I can say, he looks like if, if Gollum was on a relapse and lived in a trailer park and did meth. That's what he and worked out a bit. That's what he looks like. Yeah, that's pretty much fair. That's as close as I can get. It, it looks fucking terrible. He looks a bit like the vampire from Fred Two, Night of the Living Fred. Okay, so just for the sake of my editing and people listening, in case there's a change in energy, uh, it's been a day since we've gone from just then to now. I've put in a little break or something. Uh, and I've not gotten any happier about the film. <laughs> not gotten any less angry. Like, 24 hours hasn't mellowed me out. I haven't gone chuddified. 
Chuddies? The undies? Yeah, I've, I've saved this as Chuddies, so you'll... Uh... Is that Hindi or Punjabi? Did... I think it's the same Chuddies. thing. Uh, it, when I googled it, it was say, it said Hindi and Punjabi for underwear, so... Nice to they agree on there. something. That this film pants. Fucking garbage. Yeah. Fire off. Uh, yeah. Jumping in where we left off, woman turning into a zombie, that fucking crunch sound comes back. After every time? Yeah. Like I, I, I just want to point out, he pulls out like a hanky and uh, dabs the corners of his mouth every time he takes a bite of someone. And I think they thought that was funny. Like, oh, he's a yeah. zombie, but he's doing it posh. He has a suit on later. Yeah. Uh, and he, he does all this stuff to kind of damper up. He's a fucking idiot. He's a moron. He can't speak yeah. for half of it. He runs around like a headless chicken. So I, I will give this... <clears throat> all right, I was going to say I'll give it a point, but it doesn't really deserve it. But um, this film, uh, obviously, it says, like, the the zombies the no, sorry the chuds have to be bitten on the head. It's never happened that way before. The dude in the last film got bitten in a fucking kneecap and turned. But um, in this one apparently they need to bite them on the head like an actual because zombie. it's Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. That's why. As they turn, they start wearing like toupees and baseball caps and shit like that. To try and cover the bite marks. That's what I noticed. Well, I mean, it, it's not to cover it up because they're not exactly inconspicuous, are they? No, no one at any point in this film like turns around and goes, "Oh, those weird grey-looking fucking zombies are running around town yeah. biting people." I mean, wonder why that's going on. Everyone's just, oh, they look a bit ugly. Oh, but it took place at Halloween, so you know, everyone was like, "Cool costume." I mean, it's not. It's just a dude dressed like a normal normal dude. Just he's painted his face grey. And as it comes down to suspension of disbelief again, something like Bill and Ted, I'm willing to let that slide a lot more because that's the world they set up. Those are the characters you have. Bill and Ted sets the tone. These characters they have here aren't complete idiots and they aren't completely out of whack. Um, like the one kid that... Not Steve. Steve's just a prick. Yeah. The kid with the mullet. The other one, fairly normal. Doesn't know what a fucking salmon is apparently, but hey-ho. Yeah, anyway, uh, plot-wise, woman gets turned and she can talk for some reason, even though Bud really can't. I think they have an offhand comment about mutation at some point, but I like to think it's just Bud's a moron. Yeah, I like to think An it's invalid. That. I think it's that fucking hairdryer he took in the bathtub. It maybe just made him really fucking stupid. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. Just looking through. More stuff about the ADR. So... I don't know if you remember the scene. It, it's on for about 10 seconds where Bud goes to get his suit. He kills a guy behind a dustbin. Yeah. Uh, and it goes on for about, yes, yeah, so 10 seconds, which is about nine seconds too fucking long. He just wanders out, jaunts along, goes behind the dustbin, and then there's about a five-minute conversation between this is my spot and you hear the crunch as he's still talking. Yeah, I which think... anyone else would be, fuck off. The dude's wearing a suit, and I think he's gone behind the dustbin to take a shit or something, because he, he, like, gets down on, like, his... Like, he, he... If you went for a piss, you're just standing behind a bin taking a piss. But it looked like he literally, like, crouched down behind it, so... Well, you'd be visible, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. Your head, at least. 
So I think he was going to take a shit. And then, which, again, classy business uh, in public. I mean, not saying that I haven't done that, but whatever. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so it it just baffles me that this is the kind of, like, this is the kind of shit that people, well, I don't know if people thought it was entertaining back then, but just the the, the director and the writer was like, ah, oh, this will get some laughs. Yeah, it goes on for ages. Yeah. But there's no screaming. Any other fucking person would immediately go batshit if some guy went behind them with their dick out. Yeah, which also means that there's a chud walking around butt-ass naked because someone just stole his suit. That wouldn't have mind seeing. Just a grey fucking amorphous blob with his pants down <laughs> his fucking ankles. Tripping over that. Yeah. Might have had... It. That's another problem with this. You have... Different, you know, chuds that are walking around, uh, different designs on them. It really doesn't go far enough. Uh, with this sort of stuff where you've got different heights, different weights, you want, they don't want them to kind of amalgamate into just one blob of zombies in something like this. Um, you've got faceless zombies and stuff like Dawn of the Dead, Walking Dead, where it doesn't give a f- you don't give a fuck what they look yeah. like. But in stuff like this where it's more comedic and there's not as many of them, you can really have fun with the shape, the size, go some tall, some short. They're all blended other than bud to be fair he's got fucking no teeth and jaunting around slightly taller but maybe that's what he was assuming like he saw bud with no teeth he was like some sort of cracker that was going to suck him off possibly that's why he wasn't i think you i think my dude was drunk anyway so you know like fuck it i'll get a gum job in for a penny in for a pound if you're going to shit behind a dumpster you ain't going to be against getting your dick sucked off by a meth addict are you yeah, I don't know. Not quite. <laughs> I, I I genuinely don't know. I've never had my cock sucked by a meth addict. <laughs> You'd have to go out of your way in this country. Yeah. Seriously, away. Um, yeah, I did no, mention praise earlier. One, my one point of praise for this film is going to be the postman being attacked by the dog, which I did give a little chuckle to. Like, just dragged. It's so ridiculous. Like, they grab him by that arm and just pull him miles. If you look at his legs, he's pushing himself towards the dog like if i know that you don't have much in the way of special effects because you only got 50 quid to actually record this shit but i think we have a higher production value than this fucking film oh i wouldn't go that far i wouldn't definitely wouldn't go that far <laughs> but but even still like it, yeah if you look at his legs he's pushing himself towards the dog and the dog's just holding onto his arm while he does that. Okay, that's... Yeah, taking a lot out of it, to be fair. That's a shame. Yeah, sorry, uh, mate. I quite enjoyed that as well. Being like, pulled up. It's a good concept, at the very least. Like, having a dog bite a man, yeah. man nice and standard, to... and then having been dragged by a fucking poodle. The, the joke of it is decent enough. Like, how it all happened, there's a kid standing at the window watching the postman. Oh, the best kid actor in the whole fucking world. She's, you know, exact the right emotion showing there. Complete fucking non, non-caring, non nonchalancy. She's like the kid from fucking Damon from The Omen. Yeah. Um. So she's uh, looking out the window. The postman's putting in the post, obviously. Sees the bus- bush rustling and he's growling. And he's like, hey, no, you calm down. Does all that shit. And then it comes back into the house behind the kid. 
So you can just, you can't hear the postman, you can just see him. And then a dog just kind of appears in his hands, like it's just being thrown at him at like some epic force. A teddy bear of a dog is in his hands. He's pretending to be attacked by it, which is hilarious. The girl's watching, he falls over, and he gets dragged away. The kid walks back towards her mum and dad. They ask, has the postman been? And she just goes, he left. Oh, that actually probably is a fucking Damien from The Omen. Some yeah. psychopathic bitch response like not that. Ev- not even like, oh, he just got attacked by our dog. Just, nah, he left. Yeah, the parents are pointless as well. Oh, yeah. They do nothing for the entire thing. I'm just trying to think, um, parents of like Bill and Ted, you've got the... Well, they're the like, catalyst of the whole thing. They have the get an A in history shit, or yeah. we're going to kick you out. Are we going to send you off to military school and all that shit? Yeah. Um, weird science. I've not seen it in ages. I can't remember if they have much of an impact. No. I, they're gone for like a week or something. They've gone on holiday. And okay, that, that's, that's fine. Like, we're going like, to throw a party. Yeah, if, it, if it's making them completely just irrelevant by not having them in, that's fine as well. You don't have to have them as characters. But if you are going to give them this much screen time, have them do something at some point. Don't fucking have them as... Not even punchlines. I can't call them. Going back, I know I mentioned earlier about the um, government and the army and stuff going around to find the kids. I just want to reinforce that point as hard as I can. Uh, the government give like a what I'm going to call an impolite notice to get back their property. He's a bit of a prick, the colonel, and punches with the riding crop, like the scientist next to him. Bearing in mind this is a weapon of mass destruction that could destroy the world, and they uh, rightly point out that this could be the end of the world if this gets out, and they've got one cunt going around in a limo. Yeah. Not even well. They'll go for a fucking lunch break halfway through this, go to a burger yeah, they bar. Yeah, go, you go out to get burgers. And it's not the case that like he's the only one who knows this is happening. The, at the conference, everyone fucking knew that, oh shit, this is... Out and then no one's like kept an eye on it. No one's gone out. How's that fucking thing going? Yeah. So when at the conference, it seemed that he was the only military one there. Which in my head, I'm like, okay. So does that mean that he's it's like his deal? If you know what I mean, is it just him that's doing it? I think the idea was that um, they were contracting out different weapons of mass destruction in a fucking, like, a affair. Here's some nukes, here's some zombies, here's a fucking vampire, take your pick. And mustard gas. They, they know these are illegal, right? Like, this zombie thing, there's no fucking way this would be allowed under the Geneva Convention, fucking ever. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was, like, fairing off stuff, and this was cancelled, the, you know, programme where you can create zombies and something can die, and it was just left to Rot in a freezer, which oh, fuck off. This would be Area Fifty One shit. This would be like blowing up. Yeah, in what I, what I can only think is if it is him, if it's just a him thing, he is too fucking stupid to actually do anything with I've this. Got, oh, so. he he sucks someone's dick to get Colonel. <laughs> it was someone's son and sucks someone's dick and probably shot some superior to get to this position. No doubt about it. He rose Bragging. through the ranks entirely through dick sucking. And the odd getting his own dick sucked. If someone else was into that. I, I mean, he, not even that. He's going to have to have wore like a fucking cat suit or something. 
to get some fetish general off. He's going to have to go on the extra fucking mile. This guy's so incompetent, I can't believe that he's done anything less than fuck 50 furries that happen to be in the army that rise through the ranks. Anyway, uh, they just leave the house alone and don't go after the parents, don't. Even when they capture them, it's just fucking half-arsed. It's yeah. terrible. Has this guy never, like, met the police? Has this writer never fucking seen an army soldier in his life? It's the only thing that I can think. It, like, there's so much wrong with this. Like, I understand they're trying to make it a comedy and you've got to kind of suspend your disbelief and all that shit. I understand, like, I think maybe we should put a disclaimer at every at the start of every fucking. It's not fucking funny. Yeah. At any point, it's it's not amusing to anyone. No one would find this. I don't know what kind of brain dead inbred simpleton you'd have to be to find this funny. Yeah, anyone who fucking finds this funny, you are a brain dead inbred the, the simpleton. The only thing that I could think is someone that's high might find this funny. I want to have what he's fucking taken then. In that case, I, I want whatever you need. It would kill you. It would kill you before you got to that point. You'd either transcend to Havana and fuck about with Buddha, or you'd be dead if you took whatever the hell this film needs to be funny. No, I'm, I'm getting angry than usual. I like Chud. <laughs> I really love Chud. And it was a huge fucking disappointment that this was the sequel to it. Most of this anger is coming from like love of Chud. Talking about the fucking army stuff and more unfunny. Uh, which, it's a fucking synonym for this film. Unfunny, unamusing, castratingly awful. He puts on like a Jeff Goldblum impression in the car, which I think is meant to be funny. Again, there's like two cutaways to him when mm. he talks about what his dad would have done if he stole a corpse when he was a kid. Well, back in the day, he'd have uh, uh, taken me to the uh, um, wood- woodshed. Uh, you-, you better believe it. It's a fucking weird Jeff Goldblum thing. Just fucking take a second, take a breath. Uh, so name and shame we did earlier. Rich Hall is in for what twenty seconds, thirty seconds, roughly. Yeah, talking about how he, how people these days go to the fucking mall to get their barber cuts and shit like, like that, spending fifteen dollars. Dollars. Inflation's hit the fucking ghetto in the barber shops, and then you hear the crunch like he's been. Had his head bitten, and then you don't see him again, which may have been part of his contract. Like, I don't mind being in this and saying some stupid shit, but um... what? How big was Rich Hall in 1989? He has a fucking stunning mullet, though. To be, to be fair to him, like, it goes down to his fucking neck, all the way down the back. It's like a fucking um... uh, yeah, crunching sound effects as well. I'm going to put in a crunching sound effect for every time it comes on, just so you know how annoying it is. Just edit it in. Yeah, just every time that we say bite, it, it you just hear a crunch. Just, yeah, so you get the fucking feeling of what it is like to watch Chud to Bud the Chud. I've already got Steph fucking chanting the theme song for Bud you. Bud the Chud. Yeah, thanks for that. You're welcome. I haven't missed a thing yet. I haven't missed it yet. With that, moving on to the next set piece, which is a, a diner, like a diner takeaway burger place called what was it? Some it, 
It wasn't any actual chain, was it? It wasn't like Whataburger. No, nah, it was some. In and yeah, out. Was... I don't. I don't think McDonald's wanted their product in this film or anything like that. So I don't think it was. And McDonald's in the eighties had shit advertisement. Uh, they had the uh, pedophile clown, Stranger Danger commercials, and that weird moon commercial. Uh, it's Mac tonight. They did. Um, do you ever hear the Arches advert that McDonald's did? Like, do the arches where you do the fucking M from YMCA to tell people that it was time to go to McDonald's for lunch. And ah, yeah, just, just do an M at people. Yeah, that's not at all fucking sad. And they had, like, a little jingle to it, do the arches. I think it'd fit right fucking in McDonald's into this film. This would be a... No, no, I'm not going to go that far. This wouldn't be an upgrade. <laughs> um, Yeah, but with all that, the burger place, it kind of finishes up really quickly. Thank fuck. And doesn't really affect anything. Right. There is one thing I want to say, because it, it happens a lot, and it probably shouldn't. But these three fucking kids, the the mullet prick, uh, Katie, and... I know it's Steve, it's... mullet prick. I can't remember. That. Bruce? Brian? Brian. I'm no, just gonna Kev. Go Kevin. Spe- specky prick. Um... So, Specky Prick, Mullet Fuck, and Katie. It's a, probably a bit sexist that I only know the woman's name. Whatever. Um, oh, the fucking Bob the Chud mentions it over and over again. Yeah, but they basically come out of the burger joint, go into their car, as a car full of chuds park right next to them. The chuds ignore them and walk inside to eat everyone else in there while the kids are just sitting in, well just about to get into their car and start eating um I think that's just plot armour for some reason yeah well they they left at this point to go and uh, get to eat in their car they'd left to go and eat in their car which makes no sense who does that? Oh, I've eaten a car. Why? You antisocial fucking chud. Because I've got places to go, motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to like eat in the car while you're driving. That's perfectly reasonable. But to just sit in the car and eat in there. Yeah, I, I, if there's a perfectly good restaurant, I don't eat in the car. I don't eat in the restaurant's car park. But if I'm like, all right, we'll grab the food, go to work or whatnot eat in that car park and then go in. I'd do that. I've eaten in the car before, it's just I don't know why you'd do it in front of the restaurant. I don't know. I don't want to use his fucking tables anymore. Quite possibly. Being like a hundred just eat drivers. The army guy has a rocket launcher, which isn't standard issue. I don't know that for certain, but I'm willing to put my leg out on that one. Uh, And it doesn't kill any of the chuds either. They should get up, which, fair enough, that's been established. It's nice that they don't give a fuck about uh, civilian casualty or this getting into the news anymore. Yeah, it's it's really stupid. Like, I, I understand, like, the director probably didn't watch the first Chud. He didn't. Even, yeah. But um, to make them pretty much immortal, like, I don't think a bite on the fucking forehead is going to stop maybe a rocket launcher from blowing you up. They're still effectively human beings, just with a bit more of a 
the hankering for meat. You'd be atomized. Mm-hmm. You'd be a little bitch. You're going to be fucking burger meat by the end of that. Okay, how well built you are. I mean, especially in later in the barn scene that follows this, I'm not quite sure how they tracked him to the barn. It wasn't particularly... And I don't know how Bud set the ambush up either. It's this, like, fucking eight-shot ambush that he gets ready to get Katie. And yeah. I don't even want to know what he's going to fucking do there. That's That's got to be, like, some form of rehypnol, isn't it? To turn someone into a zombie so you can fuck them. That, that's sexual assault, on rape on some level. From what I understand, so in the in the burger joint, um, the chuds go in, eat everyone, come back out, get back into the car, and they're like, oh, there's Bud, let's follow that car. So they follow it to a barn, watch Bud go in and all his chud friends. Those three go in expecting something I don't know what um Bud turns around and is like oh eat them fucks too believe Katie she's fit um eat yeah eat a fucking farmhand that had a massive shotgun that blew a dude out of the fucking barn well yeah just through the barn wall and out of it yeah and then Bud's like knocked out Temporarily, granted, but a light bit of hay and a kick to the groin. Oh yeah, got kicked in the balls by Katie and Specky Prick pushed off a bale of hay and that's enough to take out uh, Bud for about ten minutes while they go for a run. He gets a fucking pitchfork to the chest and that seemingly doesn't do shit to him. Yeah. He literally picks the dude up on the pitchfork, throws him up onto the second level of the barn, and he pulls the the pitchfork out like, okay, but hay bale on top of the head and kick into the balls. Talking about more weapon inconsistencies, the pistol shot. After that, obviously, they they escape. The colonels bring them in uh, to the, I don't know, fucking head base for the CDC. And he blows up a car with a pistol. Oh, yeah. would never work in any fashion. I don't care what f- bullet you have. He fires one shot from his pistol. The car blows up, which seems to me that that pistol ha- fires rocket launcher rounds or something. It's like fucking Borderlands so, 2. Yeah, he may as well just have fired that at the burger joint and saved himself a rocket launcher fucking... Warhammer bolter at the fuckers. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's probably a better road. Uh, oh, we get the MASH cameo at this point as well. Which I've, I've not actually properly gone through MASH. I, no one should. I've watched a shitload of MASH, thanks to my dad. Is it respectable? Um, Good series? Yeah, it's actually decent. It's it's not... It takes some getting used to. So, some episodes are overly... F- well, they try to be overly funny, and some episodes are overly dramatic. So it, it kind of depends. It's like a flavour of the week sort of thing. Well, it's it's a kind of proto cheers, isn't it? It's the first of its kind. Getting into that, it's respectable either way. Uh, Larry Linville, he, who's he playing? Is he play a doctor? Yeah, he's one of the doctors in that, which he's playing to suit because he plays a morgue. Getting drunk. I like to think it's Larry Linville, the person, not the character, <laughs> at the time. 
and the director just went, well, we've got Larry Linville, we can't tell him no. Presumably that's, he starts leaving as a chud, presumably you've got some handler off screen just with a bottle of whiskey waving in front of him to get him to run outside after that. Probably. Just charge along. Yeah, Larry Linville, what the fuck, why, mate? You're in MASH. Um, whether he's in a dry spell or he just had a mate, I don't know if this is kind of like, you know Movie 43, you heard of that? Where two twats in Hollywood with a load of connections and a load of favours uh, turned them all in and got Rob Downey Jr., uh, Hugh Jackman, Chris, fucking uh, all oh, the guys in Guardians of the Galaxy and shit now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Kate Winslet, all those fucking people got him in. I tried to get um, one of the South Park guys who both told him to fuck off. And Russell Crowe threatened to punch them. Which is Russell Crowe, what, what are you going to get? Uh, yeah, I feel like it's that kind of thing because next guy to turn up is Robert Englund, who has a plays man in trench coat with trick or treaters. Yeah. For about like three seconds. Yeah, it's like he's in the distance, so you can't actually tell if it's him or not, like, straight away. But literally, the first, like, as soon as I saw him, I was like, it's fucking Ungland. And then Kieran just, I just heard, oh, no. From Kieran. <laughs> yeah, he's in and out. Uh, yeah, he's in it for like God. five seconds, maybe. But that's in, enough to the... give him a credit, apparently. I mean, maybe it's a maybe it's a throwback to a Nutton Renown Street that he's surrounded by kids in a trench coat. That's the progenitor to Freddy. It's about like no one fucking goes in a trench coat on Halloween night unless they're a paedophile looking to trap kids under the trench coat or they're going to go on a shooting rampage. Hey, this was the 80s, so everyone had a trench coat. Yeah, well, they're an edgy prick that's going to go trick-or-treating as the Punisher, which isn't clever. Anyway, uh, also not clever. Kid, Kids aren't killed in this, which is a fucking cop-out. Kill kids. <laughs> uh, and talk about creepy pedophiles. A load of old people just let a load of children into their home. Yeah. Why. Uh, that can't have ever been a thing in any country. I don't... I don't know if um it's a thing where in america or whatnot but when people go trick-or-treating do you go yeah yeah come on in we'll we've got candy inside for you or do you just go here's a bowl of candy take what you want and fuck off maybe that's maybe that's maybe maybe that's an english thing (laughs) we want less people to talk to it well I specifically want less people to talk to me as possible, so um, I tend to just not bother opening the door. Don't you live off a fucking main street? Yeah. In the who the hell's knocking on your door in that neighbourhood? Yeah, it's fucking creepy. That's why it would fit for Halloween. If you come down that fucking alley at night, you're fucked. Maybe, possibly, literally. All people point. are killed by uh, child chuds, which implies that chud has killed children. Like, show it. Yeah. But yes, they uh, attack and kill the old people. Fuck knows what they were going to do with the kids. Play fucking Bob the Apple in the water, but he uses his testicles. I don't know. Pin the penis on the donkey in the dark. Costume, I'm just I'm uh, just trying to think of how bobbing for apples with your testicles would work. Because they'd, ha- they, they'd have to bite. And I don't want bite anyone to bite my testicles. You use bud, don't you, with the... And they're old people. Like you could bite those and you just get more skin in your fucking mouth. <laughs> It'd suffocate you before the water would. 
Uh, yeah, and more creepy shit. They're allowed into a high school dance, the uh, chuds, when they walk down. In the kind of big third act, the end of it all, they walk over to a high school dance that's going on, go to the front desk, and they're just all let in for $3. Maybe it's an American thing. I don't think so. But in my school, when we did like prom and shit, it was purely for us. No one was fucking coming in. I never had a prom. But random adults ain't fucking what well, I mean we did ours in um, West Midlands Safari Park. Oh. I just got bored and went to see the penguins while drunk, which was fun. <laughs> yeah, uh No one lets adults in to a high school dance. The only thing that I could think of is if their parents they'd be like, Yeah, you you fine can go in. But the woman at the desk specifically asks if they're from the high school. Even though one's like a six foot four toothless Baby fuck. Baby T fucking golem on steroids twat. Yeah. One's an elderly dentist and the other one's like a postman. And they're, they're all in their fucking outfits. Like one's in a dentist costume or whatnot. I suppose it is Halloween so they'd be like yeah, costume cool. And then, so, it's a very small minor detail, but it bothers me. No, oh, yeah, is it, right, it should. When they all go in, everyone's synchronised dancing. Like, they've all set up a dance routine together, and they've just gone, fuck it, we're all going to do this exact same dance, because we're Reggie as fuck, we're going to start a... Um, a Frello-style... No, what's that? I'm not giving it that much credit. What's that fucking bullshit where dickheads go out into the centre of like town Um, and just start like a dance? Not a flash dance, is it? Um, yeah, flash mob. There you go. Flash mob. That's the one. Yeah, we're all going to start a fucking flash mob. Like, fuck off. Firstly, and then obviously all the chuds go in, and as they're dancing, they do the swipes. Like, oh, I'm just trying to fucking grab it, yeah, but I missed. Isn't that funny? And they show that for like two minutes, two and a half minutes. Looks like the most boring fucking party ever as well. Yeah. Like no one's drinking. There's no spike punch or whatever you get in American stuff. You poor twats. 21. What a shit prom you get. Can't drink till 21. It it physically upsets me. It might be because if, if we couldn't drink at... 18 and, and before, to be fair, because no one fucking challenges you. No. Then British parties would just be people sitting in fucking corners, staring at the floor. Just no one makes eye contact. Sad fucking Morrissey music's on. It'd be the most depressing thing ever. Alcohol saves lives. You get slit wrists at those oh, parties. Uh, oh, are you on about, like, if um, people if went the British to a couldn't and drink. you allowed to drink? Yeah, yeah. An abstinence party, it would be the well, most depressing thing ever. In just Britain. think of me at a normal party, and then you understand what that is. It's literally just me going, Nah, I'm alright. I don't. I no, don't imagine 200 of you at a party. How it, fucking sad yeah, it'd be that would fucking be. Depressing. We wouldn't talk to each other. I, I'd be like, Can I go home now? I just want to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I just fucking leave me alone. I don't want to be standing around 200 more of me. Yeah, that's what 
Although, drink. that actually might be better because I'd be like, oh, at least no, and none of these cunts will talk to me. I can just put my <laughs> headphones in and I can fucking jam out to my own shit instead of listening to this shit that's on the actual stereo. I'd say it's like a party of Redditors, but they wouldn't have even arrived. Nah, they'll be too busy at home going, you're a dickhead, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> too busy moderating shit and white knighting. Uh, yeah, so with this whole thing, it, at this point they reveal how to kill these things. I suppose it's sort of brought up, in a way, with the electricity early with the frog, but not really set up. It's really late to kind of get an idea on how to kill these things. Something should have happened about 20 minutes ago, really. Yeah, and well, then push I, I, I want to say that that was bullshit as well. Because they pretty much grabbed the fucking thing that delivers some kind of electric current. I don't understand that. But they give it to the, the scientist, the sci- their science teacher, who's yeah. already a chud, by the way. I don't um, know quite how, but... Yeah. Um, he kind of, if anything, it looks like he gets horny because he's just had this electric rods put into his hands. Um, does nothing. He drops them. Capes change. He chases after them. What seems to be with more energy, and then gets a Bunsen burner through the head. Yeah, it gets a Bunsen burner through the head. Again, doesn't stop him because, fine, whatever. And then they freeze him. And then put the electric rods back into his hands and that blows him up. Like he's some kind of... Oh, what is it? Is it is it the gremlins where they kind of like... They have like white light coming out of them as when they hit sunlight. It is, isn't it? They kind of break out into like these... There's a few things... Oh, this is it's uh, the one I'm thinking of now is the uh, things from Scooby Doo, the movie. <laughs> oh yeah, that that works. Yeah, the red creatures. Basically, they have that light shining through them, like the fucking Scooby Doo creatures from one, the movie. Obviously, it's, it's been done in a few things. Yeah, I know for a fact it was done in at least one thing that was respectable, where they had like beams of light shooting out. And you had one come out, then another, and then it slowly culminated in hundreds of like disco fucking ball things. Yeah, and then I'm he sure, yeah. kind of explodes into a light gas. What fucking film is that now? Where you got light beams just shooting out one guy builds up all around. That's gonna really annoy me for a good while. Oh, it's like uh, Harry Potter. One of the Harry Potters when the is it Chamber of Secrets. Oh, where he shit. keeps stabbing the book and fucking Tom I know, Riddle. I, that's not what I'm thinking of, but yeah, that does work. Tom Riddle. I, I, I can see the fucking scene in my head. I don't know what film I'm thinking of now. Yeah. That's, that's <clears> going to really do my head in. Uh, yeah, ends up dying, blowing up. And that's and they when they the... come up with the genius idea. Idea, idea's a good way. I was going to say plan. Idea's far more fucking tax return with this situation. Yeah. Fits way better. Because they don't plan anything. Nah. At all. I, they might have spoke to each other at some point and gone, oh, we need to get the nitroglycerin and throw it into the pool. Yeah, if you could unlock them for us, which he doesn't bother to do because that's not important at all. Yeah, I, I will say 
So they've come up with this idea and they go to the point where... You know what, though, fuck it, idea's too generous. They've come up with this series of events that will unfold over the next few moments. That's what they do. They come up with a series of events to do. So continue. They do this to the point where they let Katie get changed into her swimming costume. And I think that that scene is literally just to go, oh, here's a woman in like skimpy, uh, a, a skimpy woman, uh, um, swimming costume. And see, I'd, I'd say she does it for me, but again, I'm comparing it to Weird Science, who, yeah, that's got a better fucking bikini woman scene. Um, but so they come up with this whole plan. They let Katie get changed and whatnot. But they haven't thought it through to the point where they haven't started the nitro uh, the nitrogen cylinders like I don't quite know what they were doing. So rather than that. They haven't thought of what they're gonna use for the electricity because they figure the clock eventually. Yeah. Uh, like, they haven't they... unloaded the nitroglycerin, which one of the guys has a go at the other for. But all I could think of in my head was what was what were you doing? During this point, during this period, what the fuck were you getting on with while he wasn't doing that? Yeah, I will actually say that they go to the swimming pool. They like fair enough. It's a it's a relatively somewhat decent plan to kind of get them all into one kind of group and then do it all at once. Fine, whatever. But they lock the swimming pool doors. Yeah, I don't quite Until get the Katie's of that banging on the fucking door, kind of going, let me the fuck in. They run over to open the door. She jumps into the pool, even though she knows it's going to be ice in a few seconds. Um, they see all the chuds kind of dash in and run headlong into the water. Fine, whatever. Uh, Katie gets back out. And then they all panic because. The cylinders haven't been turned on. They don't have any kind of current for electricity. So they all go, uh, fuck, let's do it on the fly and just go, that clock has got enough electricity going to it, I guess. I mean, the best would have what? Like 200, I don't know the amount of volts in the US, 240 it would have here at most. Yeah, literally fuck all. Um, It wouldn't kill you. Yeah, let alone you fucking grabbed hold of 30 them. or 40 chuds. But it works, uh, other than Bud, who leaves, and Brian. Not Brian. Yes, Steve. I've put Brian. I don't know fucking why. But Steve, mullet prick, gets bitten. Yeah, he gets bitten on the foot. The loudest crunk you've ever heard in your life, which yeah. I'm sorry for editing that in again. But, but again, you have to fucking sit through it. That If that's the point, Everyone, every other chud had to be bitten on the forehead. Yeah. Why is he different? Um, because these writers are hacks and have forgotten their own logic, you know, mate. It, it really fucking annoys me, but, like, alright, so, anyway, the, the all the chuds are fucking being frozen, Um, one manages to kind of break free, and he breaks free because he's got no legs anymore, and then starts crawling up to uh, I think it was Brian. Brian's like Steve. makeshift fire extinguisher cryo gun. 
run they need to like build suspense like oh it's not working so they show that exact same scene of it not working like four times in a row yeah you've got the uh professor guy uh yeah twice this shit later on with bud going up the ladder are these these machines just fucking broken yeah it's, it's apparently if if it's military funded yeah i mean it, it eventually kicks them off they manage to kill all the chuds bar bud um, Steve gets bit in the process. And Bud tries to give his heart to Katie, like, grabs it out. I don't know if that was, like, a reference to the Wham song or what, with all the ice, and I don't know what they were trying to do there, if that was meant to be gross ape humour or what. But it didn't look real enough. It wasn't, like, pumping and fatty I don't and know. Shit. I, I don't know if it... Oh, what's that? What's that zombie film where a zombie turns back into a human because he falls into uh, love? Warm Bodies. Oh, you go. I don't know if they were trying to do a Warm Bodies thing before Warm Bodies even came out, or no, what? No, not even close. But but a, but a chud fell in love. Can chuds live and fall in love? No, no, because then I have to see more fucking films about chuds. Oh, but you loved Fuck chuds. chuds. Yeah, Bud fucking dies. Aww. Breaking in two with the fucking nitroglycerin oh, Although, cannon. his heart survives. Oh, fuck his heart. And the film doesn't end. It goes on for another, like, eight minutes. Yeah. It's infuriating. They have an epilogue thing. Yeah, where Brian and Katie fall in love and some shit. Uh... And then Steve fucks off chuddified along with the colonel. He's just sitting in a truck. Yeah, Mullet leaves, leaves like a note saying, I'm going to go explore the world and infect it. And, um, yeah, you two make a great couple, blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah. Presumably the world fucking ends because the armies of this world are comprised of one fucker in a limousine that drives around looking for chads. Yeah, so Steve goes into a fucking truck. He He's hitchhiking, gets into a truck with his undead dog. The colonel's in the back under a like tarp, and there's some woman driving that we haven't seen before. And was she chudded? I think so. I, th- I think she was. It w- wasn't easy to spot. Yeah, she had these massive ass glasses on, so you couldn't see her eyes anyway. So you couldn't tell if she's got the dark rings. I think it was meant to be like a surprise. Yeah. Going through that, but you see the dog, and you know what's coming because he's been bitten, and they made the crunch sound to make you aware of what happened. Even though it makes no sense because he wasn't bitten on the head, you still know that these people are fucking hacks and can't even abide by their own twisted fucking rules of logic. I hate, I hate this film with every part of my being. I despise it. I heartily it. recommend it. To who? Anyone. If you're listening to this, I had to sit through this shit, so you have to sit through this shit. I heartily recommend it. Right, we're going to do this quickly because I'm fucking fuming, but... um. In terms of actual recommendations between the two, Chud one, yeah, do watch. It's genuinely great. One of, in my opinion, one of the best written, uh, dialogue-wise films of that era of the uh, early eighties. Mm-hmm. As I said, in terms, the visuals aren't amazing because you've got an author doing it. Like, put money on. That's why. Uh, but the dialogue's really quippy and great. It all culminates into a really nice third act, and it it pays off really nicely. I. Do you think it's underrated as fuck? 
it's a cult classic that needs a lot more love. Um, Chud 2, no one should watch it. I've only just realised that there's five years difference between both of these films. Yeah, I know. I wish there was fucking 80 years difference between these two films. A a torrent of difference. (sighs) But you know what? It doesn't matter if there's five year difference because these films have nothing to do with each other. Oh yeah, I know. Which I think makes me angrier than anything else that this show, it's all about sequels and stuff. I wouldn't have touched on Chud and found out that Bud Chud 2, Bud the Chud was this shit if it weren't for this show. And if it didn't exist, I wouldn't have ever fucking seen it. If it was part of another franchise, I'd have never bothered with it. Yeah. Um, in terms of recommendations, if... Okay, so in terms of recommendations for the first film, if you want to see more stuff, um, Salem's Lot, maybe. That kind of fits. It's, it's a bit more dated than this. Uh, possibly... Uh, this might be just Bud 2, the fucking shud coming in, but um, the... Herbert West film uh, reanimator. It's a bit cheesier, to be fair. Are we are we talking about horror films that have some kind of comedy plot? No, like for the first film, like recommendations around the first one. Oh, yeah, I'm not much of a horror watch, so this is pretty much on you. I mean, for the second film, if you want stuff in the same kind of area that isn't this, I, I wouldn't even bother with horror shit. Go weird science, watch that. The original two Bill and Ted's, they have the kind of buddy duo comedy stuff really nailed down. Uh, or play Stubbs the Zombie. I say. Which it kind of worries me now. Stubbs is in a suit, right? Yeah. Was it fucking inspired by this film? I don't think so. I mean, don't hold me to that. But Stubbs the Zombie is this kind of... 90, it's like a Fallout kind of 1980s, but it's the future. Yeah. So it it's kind of got like robots and shit like that. But it's all like, hi, see? I'm going to look that up and I'm going to edit in a little piece here. Okay. Uh, when I find out, because I have a feeling now that it is actually inspired by it, because there are a lot of fucking parallels between the two and I need someone else to name and shame. But having watched this crap, I've taken any any fucking pointers artistically, creatively, life-wise, economically, any fucking advice. So as far as I can tell, there is no connection between Stubbs the Zombie and Chud. I apologise to the creator of Stubbs the Zombie. Uh, yeah, you got any recommendations for, to watch something other than Chud 2, Bud the Chud? Um, Bud the Chud. Um... Yeah, uh, Hard Rock Zombies, or, uh, yeah, like you said, is it Night of the Living Dead? Uh, Return of the Living Return Dead. Return of the Living Dead. There's a lot of the something of the Living Dead films, and I don't know which is which. Brain Dead as well, probably. Kind of fits. Yeah. But to be fair, one we've done before, Demons, uh, I think has a lot the same kind of tone. Yeah. It's a lot better made, though, the the effect, I really appreciate that more and more. The first one, anyway. If I sit through this, yeah, the, first, the second one as well. You know what, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. I enjoyed the second one. Mm. Watch those two, or any Dario Argentia film. Uh, yeah, we're going to end there before I keep fucking ranting. Yeah, that's fair. Cheers for sitting through this. <laughs> My fucking cathartic therapy session after having watched this film.
and uh, have a good one. Yep, have a good one. Bye. Bye.